The cities of Sigmar are flaming beacons of hope amidst the darkness of the mortal realms, bastions of civilization built to safeguard mortal kind from the many monstrous threats that lurk beyond their sturdy walls. In ages past, the realms were a place of glory and wonder. By the guiding hand of God King Sigmar's pantheon did the mortal races thrive. Humans, Dwarden, and Elves lived side by side in peace and prosperity, constructing vast kingdoms of culture and reason. Then came the Age of Chaos, when the Dark Gods tore open the veil between worlds and spilled their demonic legions into reality. Empires fell. Repositories of priceless knowledge were burned to ashes. Sigmar's faithful were slaughtered in droves. Only Ezerheim endured, the eternal city, capital of the realm of heavens, and greatest stronghold of the God King. Behind its gleaming walls, the survivors of the Dark God's invasion found sanctuary. Keeping to their ancient traditions, they awaited the day when the gates of Azir would open once more, and the armies of the God King would return to wreak their vengeance upon the hated forces of chaos. Sigmar's Tempest heralded the dawn of this bold new age. Led by the Stormcast Eternals, champions of the heavens, the free peoples rose up to overthrow their persecutors and forge a new empire upon the ashes of the past. The clash of steel and the crack of black powder now echo across the realms as great hosts of soldiery march to war under the fluttering heraldry of their homeland. Though they may be mere mortals in a world dominated by gods and monsters, these brave souls stand defiant ready to give their lives in service of the God King's grand vision. And we are back. We are back. The most excellent intro. Thank you. Episode 239, folks. Episode 239 of Garage Hammer. Getting up close to 240. You know what episode 240 marks? No. Well... 24 episodes a year, so 240 episodes means we've been doing this for how long? Crap. That's right. 10 years. 10 years. Next episode will be our 10-year anniversary, because May May 10th was our first episode of Garage Hammer. Or was it June? I don't remember. Could have <laughs> been either. Hey, weird things happen. I don't know. But I remember... No, it had to be May. Yeah, because it was like one mile. I don't know. We were out for about a month before 8th edition dropped. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, we should probably thank the sponsors and things like that because, you know, it actually is its own episode, even though it's the war and we were doing them in doubles. But that's not happening right now. Just singles. So, as always, we need to take a moment to thank the sponsors of Garage Hammer, which include Chaos Orc Superstore. 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 Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios for all your basing needs. And Grognard Games in Rosa, Illinois. There's usually something happening at Grognards. There will be something happening at Grognards. How's that? That works. I gotta do something. Yes. It's just <laughs> not at Grognards, unfortunately. Yeah. So. Nice. How you been? Not bad, not bad doing that whole, you know, getting through the quarantine thing, trying to get mm-hmm. through, you know. Hey, look, I'm lucky. 
uh, my wife is definitely an essential worker. She's an, actually an important human being, and I'm a school teacher, so we're working. You know, yeah, that's, and they that's just a good literally sign. canceled school now for the rest of the year. So this remote teaching is all that there is. Uh, and since the state said the kids' grades can't get any lower, I think half my kids just quit. They're like, I got a good enough grade. I'll take that. See you at graduation. Or if we have graduation, just mail me a diploma. Yeah. Which is sad, but it also gives me an up. You know, I, hey, I got more time for the kids who need my help. So, um, Or want it. Well, some there are kids who just show up because they want to, you know, they see their other classmates and they, they need to see an adult who's, you know, not their parents, I guess. It's actually kind of cool. Or they need the structure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's kind of cool. It's the kids who actually show up on a regular basis all the time. I do appreciate it. But you know who else I appreciate? Our Patreon patrons. That's right. I appreciate all of our Patreon patrons because they are part of the almost 1% that keep things going here, right? Now, uh, who are those people? Our associate producers are Phil Elliott, Dwight Sims, Christopher Sanders, and Lance Pear. Executive producers Colin Miller and Andrew Frankiesen, and I'm probably still mangling his name, but at the time we're recording this episode, I still haven't put out the last episode, which is like almost a full episode behind. We're going to have episodes coming almost back-to-back this week because stuff. Um, so still, Andrew, seriously, voicemail, pronounce your name. Uh, we haven't gotten a new patron since the last episode when we had a thousand bajillion, but I do want to thank Johnny Poiser for bumping up to the best painted level. Thank you, Johnny, for, uh, at this time, uh, deciding, hey, I'm going to think the show's worth even more than it was before. Crazy, but true. Uh, so thank you all for becoming part of that almost 1% who make this show and all of it possible. And you know what comes after thanking, this, thanking the patrons. You know what it is. You know what it snail is. Snail mail. Uh, yes, that's exactly what it is. The snails and the males. But I'm going to let you listen to these new fangled falutin voice mail. Uh, got two of them. They're each about a minute long. So I'm going to start with the first one first because that's, that's how I roll. Okay, that's 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 just how things work here, uh, down in 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 the hood. Um, so you hold, better dial it up. Just uh, just I'm <laughs> bringing the heat. Hold on a second. Here we go. Ahoy there, Dave and Alex. This is Captain Scurvy in New York City, specifically on in Queens, the epicenter of the epicenter. And we always have rats here, but now they're scared. So. Make sure you wash your hands after you hear this. Yes, yes. Anyway, as you can tell from the bad jokes, I have a lot of free time on my hands, and I'm looking to fill it up. So, I'd like to solicit your expert opinions on a highly subjective matter. What would each of you recommend as your top three Age of Sigmar books insofar as lore is concerned? I'll qualify this by saying that your picks need not be limited to Black Library. If it's published by G-Dubs and it's Age of Sigmar and you consider it to be awesome from a lore perspective, I'm very interested. I'll hang up and take the answer off the air. Thank you both. Stay safe. Captain Scurvy, signing off. Okay. Now, I know you didn't get that question ahead of time because I didn't get that question ahead of time because I see them coming and I like to save some of them until we get to the show. But... 
Let's play the next voicemail, and then we'll either come back to that if you've got an idea, or we will literally put that in for something at the top of next episode, okay? If you can think of it, I've already got a couple off the top of my head, and they're Black Library, because I go to Black Library. If I don't do Black Library, I'm generally doing just uh, army books, you know, battle tomes, because the lore there is actually pretty cool. Um, but here, let's do this next voicemail real quick. Uh, a voice of a, of a good friend of mine, and I don't think there's any bad words in it, so we're going to play this right now. This is Cranky, and I have a complaint. Um, what's all this stuff about social distancing? Like, it's a new thing? I'm very confused. And a little disturbed to find out that it hasn't been going on all along. My family assured me that social distancing is why nobody came to my birthday party when I turned nine. And why, you know, I don't have friends. So, this has been really tough for me. But but now you guys are all in the same boat because you have to be alone, too. And now you know what it feels like. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm Cranky's friend, but I've been Cranky's friend through social distance the entire time I've known him, so... You're probably better off, uh, <laughs> given that. Oh, um, boy. Wow. Yeah. Shots no. fired because... It's usually Christopher who would be the one who would aggravate Cranky, and they'd get into a war of words. But I bet you when he hears this now, we're going to get another voicemail. He's probably going to say how and much. And that's fine. Um, but it shows that he's at least engaging with people, um, even if it's through angry voicemails on a podcast that nobody listens to. So There are listeners. There are. There's yes. a few because they're, they're, they're patrons. Yeah, and our sponsors yeah, listen because they at least listen to make sure that the, the commercials are there. Okay, but my point is, um, it just sounds like he has a lot of bags to unpack um, that, frankly, I am just not well-equipped right now to <laughs> handle the process. Um, uh, okay, look, I got this. I got this. Don't worry about this. Okay. Cranky, cut it out. You're fine. You're going to be fine. You made it this far. You beat everything. You beat the 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 ninth grade no birthday party, you beat all the doctors who saying you were you were doomed. You beat the the your your wife. She hasn't killed you yet. Whoa uh, whoa 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 whoa. We're still friends. No, not he doesn't beat his wife. He he no. I I'm I, that's th- wow. Yeah, that's not yeah. what I meant. You shovels beat- down, shovels down. So that first voicemail. Um. Woo. Damn, I better edit that because I don't. No, no, Cranky will no, no, get pissed. That's that's gold. not what I meant. I just beat the prediction that his wife would murder him well uh-huh. before he got yep. this far. Sure, great. Anyway, um, wow, Harrison heard that too. He's like, "Did you just say Cranky beat his wife?" Yes. Fact check. No. Anyway, um, so back to the first question before we get kicked off the air. Um, I don't know so I think that. the top three books I would probably recommend. Uh, as far as reading, uh, first of all, I mean, like, we can talk ad nauseum, pun intended, about Plague Garden. Um, That's a good one, but I'm leaving that off my list because we talked about that, like you said, forever. Yeah. Um, I personally really enjoyed uh, 
Soul Wars um, from Black Library. That's also, the one with Nagash and uh, and the and the the Necroquake, right? Yes, that's the Siege of Glimpse Forge. Yep. Um, that was on my list of three. Yep. So that one, uh, the Asiarc Bone Reapers Battle Tome. Um, as much as I hate those models, I love the background. Um, Agreed. Although that wasn't on then, my list. Yeah. And then I think the third one, I'm going to punt and say the Warcry Anthology. Oh, in th- you know what? It's uh, it's very specific, but it's good. And I'll give you that one because mine is also very specific, but good. Um, I actually, I, I looked at, I did pick one battle tome. Um, but the one I picked that I really enjoyed was the, uh, was the Ogres. Oh yeah, Ma Tribes. That's a good one. Ma Tribes book. The Ma Tribes book is so good. Uh, and then I, I, uh, I'll give you a twofer for my one spot because I can do that. Uh, the Gotrek books—they are very specific, but they give you a good taste of what sort of the adventuring part of the world is like. Uh, mm-hmm. The Gotrek books are very much your sword and sorcery, uh, you know, Dungeons and Dragons, Dragonlance type, you know. You got a Dwarden, and you got an Elf, and you got a Stormcast, and you got a human, and you know. You, I mean, it, it, it's if you if, if you want that classic feel for that adventuring of what adventuring in the mortal realms is like, you've got Godrick, and he's awesome. So, I'd say those. You say those, or you say yours? I said mine. We said some. Look at Good. that. We answered a question. <laughs> I'm so proud of us. All right, you know what? We're not going to take a break yet because this show is going to go for a while, and we've only got to—we only have to take two commercial breaks. So let's just jump into the book. Uh, let's jump into the the war portion. Um, wow! Hey, guess what, Alex? Tag. Yeah, you you are. It. This is the Alex show. So you bring the heat with all the knowledge, and I'll bring all the heat with the bad commentary. Let's do this. Got it. So um, the important thing to understand with this book is that there's eight different allegiance abilities. Um, one is shared by the seven cities, and then each city has its own set of allegiance abilities. So there's a lot to unpack here, so please bear with us. Um, sure. So, first things first, in general, you have to pick one of these cities' allegiances. You can't create your own, like how Caradron's you could make your own Skyport or whatever, following whatever code. Um, you have to pick one of these seven. Don't let that limit your narrative. Just say, hey, this is the town of Glimsforge, and we're going to use the rules for this, and just make it work. Um, also, each one of those cities has to be based in a realm uh, for purposes of where you're hailing from, which then means the artifacts of power that you can take. Um, So the only one that is interesting is the city of Hammerhall, which you can have as Akshi or Gyran. So life or fire because it's the twin tailed city. Oh, right. So you get to pick one of those, but you're kind of forced to it and it prevents like some of the, um, combinations that we've uh, had issues with before like ethereal characters because there's no city based in shyish 
and a oh, other so things. if you're playing Cities of Sigmar, you can't take the stupid uh, ethereal, ethereal inlets. So no ethereal steam tanks, no uh, ethereal dragons, nothing crazy like that. You're stuck with fire or life for the most part. Okay, so question: You got yeah. seven cities here, and we already said one is fire and life. What 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 realms can we take? Like, I know you're going to get to that eventually with it, but is, I mean, do you know offhand like how many of the different cities you can be in if you're a city of Sigmar? Well, there's three in fire. Okay. Three in life. Okay. And then Hammerhall. Oh, so it's basically fire and life through the whole book. You're either fire or life if you're in this book. Yes. Okay. I'm just making. I'm just making sure I didn't miss something. And for people who maybe didn't read. Yeah. Or looked at this and said, this is like 50 pages, uh, 60 some odd pages of rules, and I'm just going to let Alex explain it and just read the lore. Not that I did that, because I like to look in the books, but I could see people doing that. Sure. (laughs) Uh, So when this book came out, there were some people that were disappointed that the cities didn't get their own unique endless spells. Um, But the amplified sorcery's ability basically means that if you successfully cast an endless spell and it has the empowered by whatever realm it automatically gets that bonus when you cast it so that includes like extra distance move extra dice rolled extra damage um it just really depends you get the best version of each endless spell that has the empowered rule okay it doesn't matter what realm you're in you just get the coolest version um so the big ones that you're going to be looking at are like the penumbral spell portal because that one, the empowered version is you can set up the second mirror anywhere on the table. Okay. So you can automatically put that wherever you need to start slinging spells. Um, obviously that's dangerous because it could be right in front of somebody who could send a spell back through the mirror. Um, so then you're also looking at uh, the soul screen breed soul scream bridge. Uh, to basically take one of your really slow but hard-hitting infantry units and teleport it clear across the table because there's a bigger placement for the second part of the bridge. Okay. Oh, right, so right. basically you pick up that 30 block of great swords or executioners or whatever nasty elite infantry and just dump it in your opponent's face. And they have very little recourse. So... Um, you see that a lot with Hallowheart is to do that kind of trick, but it can be done by any city. Um, then the other shoutouts are like uh, Soul Snare Shackles, the Suffocating Gravetide, the Palisade, the Shards of Valangar, uh, which is from the uh, Forbidden Power uh, thing. What about the Forget Me Not uh, 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 Alcohol Globe? What? You know, the thing that came in a box that Teclas made and then Sigmar messed it up and pissed him off and it looks like a big globe with the thing. And then if if it was in the 50s, it would be in your office and you could just turn back the top of it and inside is ice and alcohol. Oh, that's a terrain feature. Oh, but oh, oh that's right. That's not, oh, that's not. But I mean, oh, is that something that's helpful, for, though? Because you could take the it, right? The engine? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. It's very expensive for what you don't get out of it. Um, if you wanted to take a terrain feature, you could certainly take an engine. Um, it's good for either rerolls or generating extra CP, but it is an investment of points. Got you. 
I'm just so. trying to think of other things too, you know. And uh, I don't know. I, like I said, I'm <laughs> I'm just going to be here asking really dumb questions because I don't know answers, and it's okay. That's how I um, is. The other ones I personally rate are the horror guest, um, which is the bravery debuff one from the Forbidden Power, and the Emerald Life Swarm. Because the amplified version of that heals D6 wounds uh, when it right. flies over something. So, yeah, it's good. This is probably one of the signature abilities uh, with Cities of Sigmar, obviously. Um, so, these next two abilities are only applicable if your general has six wounds or less. So, has to be usually one of the uh, guys or gals on foot to be your general. Uh, you get to pick a friendly unit. Um, between 5 and 20 models to be your general's retinue. So whenever the general would take a wound or mortal wound while they're within 3 inches of the retinue unit, on a 4 plus they can shrug it off to the retinue unit and they take the wound instead. So, a little extra this, layer of protection. I like this, though. This is These are, these are lore-specific rules. These are rules designed to to fit the way, not just the way the army fights, but just the whole concept behind it. Yeah, he's got a unit. He's got a bodyguard unit, basically. He's got a trusted unit of guys. These are his boys, and they will jump, and they will take a bullet for him. It's so cool. Yeah, the only thing is it's like there are some things that like I would never, never want to be my retinue unit that should be my retinue unit, like Blackguard or Greatswords or Hammerers. Unfortunately, because <laughs> I want them to be alive to hurt things rather than just die to protect my general. So, I mean, it's cool. It's just an extra little layer of protection for squishy characters that we don't see a lot of. Um, and then the other thing is the general's adjutant. I forget. I don't know how to say that word. Adjutant. Adjutant. Sure. Advisor. Um, yes, that works. Oh, so you get to pick another friendly hero. It has six or less to be their advisor. And as long as the advisor is within three inches of the general, at the start of your hero phase, you get to roll a dice, and on a four plus, you get an extra CP. Well, that's good. So, yeah. The ability to farm command points is a good thing. It depends on your general and how you want to play, because there's a lot of lean in this book towards the monster mash. Um, but if you play a different route, you do you get some sort of compensation for it? So the other one is the storm keeps because at the center of each one of these cities is a storm keep. Um, as we talked about in the lore section. So they don't get Stormcast eternals as allies. They're the only order army that can't take them. So, but instead you can do one out of every four of these units in your army can be a Stormcast unit, and they gain the Cities of Sigmar keyword and the city that you pick. Okay. So you're not limited by points anymore. It's just number of units now. So, like, you can do two units of cities, one unit of allies, and one Stormcast unit. And that's legit. Is it now? Yeah. Okay. Because Stormcasts are not allies anymore so you can take a unit of allies one unit of stormcast and then two cities units 
and that meets the criteria for one out of every four for allies and then one out of every four for stormcast oh okay i okay i see what you're saying i didn't realize that's how that worked yeah uh the only catch is you don't get like the specific uh storm host so you don't get hammers of sigmar you don't get anvil anvils of the helden hammer because those are stormcast eternals allegiance abilities you just get the war scroll you don't get any other artifacts okay so the big ones you're going to be looking at is stuff like that have their own survivability that do things really well without support um so i don't know if i would look at liberators uh to be honest because they need help to really make them work so the ones that i personally put as like the universally welcome are like the Lord Arcanum on Torlon, which I don't think you would ever see in Stormcast, but I think has a place in Cities of Sigmar, because this book does not have access to a native two-caster spell, or two-spell caster model. Okay. Everyone only casts one. The Lord Arcanum on Torlon gets to cast two. Plus uh. he flies, plus he's got a big base, etc., etc. Um, the Lord Arcanum on foot for his command ability. Uh, so for those that are not familiar with him, the one on foot, whenever an endless spell is moved within X many inches, you can spend a command point to move it an extra bit of distance. So with the Amplified Sorceries, you get, in most cases, more distance out of where you can either place them or move them. And then you add the Lord Arcanum on top of it to get things boot scoot and boogied. Um away from you and out near your opponent. That makes sense? Yes. Yes, okay. I'm get, I'm try, I'm taking it all in here. Um uh, the other ones are like the Knight and Cantor. Uh so that one's obvious getting a dispel scroll, right? Um or an auto unbind is great. Uh the Knight of Zeros, that's the winged one with the lantern. Uh, his bubble off the lantern is to give all order units rerolls. Right. So the whole book gets rerolls, um, which is pretty ace. And then Dracothian Guard. Uh, so Fulminators, Desolators. What else are the other ones called? Not the Tempesters, because those things are meh. Um, but definitely Fulminators. I think rank is like one of the better units you can put in here for Stormcast. Guys carrying what? Because they all the fulminators are the ones with the Stormstrike glaives. Okay, uh, they're the ones that do heinous amounts of damage on the charge and are a two up against shooting. Right. Yeah, because they exist perfectly; like they're completely self sufficient. That's why I would rank them in here as like an option to take from Stormcast. Okay. Uh, so those are the basics for the cities and then we get into each individual city which is a lot okay so uh, the point is so right now we're gonna we're gonna kind of go city by city we've got the basic our our free city traits this is the generic stuff that everybody's got now we're gonna go city by city and talk about what makes them good yes all right, and now we are not planning on necessarily going into the unit stuff, are we? Like you're just, um, or what? Just, a, yeah, at the end of the sec- segment or uh, end of the part where we talk about each one of the cities, 
Um, I do want to do a couple quick shout outs to specific unit types um, or specific factions within Cities of Sigmar. It's this way you can kind of like decide what piques your interest based on kind of how they function as a whole as opposed to. Are we going to talk about the seven war, uh, the seven battalions too? Like, I, yes. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. Cause it, you know, yeah, the battalions I figured with, because this book is so unique, each one of the battalions can only be taken by one specific city. So they are strictly locked in. So I put that into this discussion about allegiance abilities. Okay. Because it made the most sense to me instead of here's all the rules for the city and then we're going to go talk about other stuff and then we're going to come back to the battalions. It's like, no, no, we're just going to do everything that has to do with Hammer Hall. Okay. So. All right. That works. Okay. I just want to know how you want to do it because you're taking the lead here. So I yeah. mean, let's just keep going right now. We're still going. Let's jump into Hammer Hall. Okay. So as we mentioned earlier, you can either do Akshi or Gyran for the realm that it hails from. Uh, they have a unique ability called Banners Held High. So at the start of your hero phase, you roll a dice for each friendly Hammerhall unit that includes a standard bearer. And on a six, you get an extra command point. It's kind of like how the Bone Reapers generate um, Relentless Discipline points. But uh-huh. it's any unit of yours that contains a standard bearer. So this isn't like a totem. It has to be a unit with a standard. So... This one is interesting because you can generate a lot of command points very quickly. Um, And most of the units that can do this kind of stuff are in this book. Most units in this book can take standard bearers. So you can play um, like a multiple small unit play style and just keep farming command points off of most of your army. So this way you can use them for like all the cool command abilities because I think the biggest thing with this book is that you have so many options for command abilities that are race specific, like keyword specific, but you don't have the command points to use them. This helps you mitigate that. Okay. So, um, there's that one. I really like this. I really like that one. Uh, the Magister of Hammerhall. So that's Eventus Firestrike. That's the Lord Arcanum special character from Stormcast. The Hammers of Sigmar character. Uh, If you take him as your general, you get an extra CP in your first hero phase. No. No? No. (laughs) Um, I think you're giving up too much to take him, considering that you can't customize him except for his spell. He... He doesn't get any of these cool command traits. You can't give him an artifact. Um, so I don't know if I would do it if I'm playing more narrative. Sure. Why not? Uh, but he would not be my first port of call. So Gotcha. Um, the pride of Hammerhall. So while Hammerhall units are wholly within your territory, they're immune to battle shock. So what this lets you do is it lets you save all those command points for getting into combat for doing the good stuff. So you're always going to be immune to battle shock while you're holier than your territory. So it depends on your map, but a lot of these territories are big. So you're not going to get battle shocked off by like something ridiculous, like a more tech crawler <laughs> um, or anything like that. 
So you're going to save all those command points and it'll keep you covered while you're moving up the field. Um, so I like that one. And then the command ability is righteous purpose. So you use this at the end of the combat phase and you pick a friendly hammer hall unit wholly within, wholly within enemy territory, wholly within 12 or friendly hammer hall hero and within three inches of an enemy unit. So there's a lot of conditions for this. Right. But that unit gets to do an extra round of fighting. Which is huge because most of the units that are going to do like red work in this army are on 25 millimeter bases with a one inch reach. So that's stuff like great swords, executioners, blackguard, hammers, uh, wildwood rangers. So they're going to get a lot of attacks in if all conditions are met. So, again... No, it's at the end of the phase. So it's after everybody's attacked. So you've yep. already taken off all of your, you know... Casualties. Casualties. So you got some guys left. Uh, do they get to... When they can fight, do they get to pile in and stuff again? Yeah, they get selected to fight again, which includes the pile-in move. Okay. So, so that's got- why the small bases are important. Because if you get strung out a bit, um, and just to keep coherency as well... Because it's at the end of the Battleshock phase that you lose extra guys for not being in coherency. So this can help you get back into coherency. Ah. But again, it is really conditional. So. Now that's just the extra abilities that they get. (laughs) God, stupid book. Um, Yeah, no, there's a lot to process. Uh, Command traits, they have three. Mm -hmm. Um. All of them have a purpose depending on the preference of your general. Um, Blood of the Twelve has the least amount of conditions, so that'll probably be the one you'd see the most, which is you get to reroll wound rolls of one for attacks made with melee weapons by friendly hammer hall units wholly within twelve of the general. So just anything that gives passive rerolls is great. Um, as well as any sort of command ability that gives you a bonus to hit or a bonus to wound because it just makes your stuff that much more accurate. So it's like free and the, other, and the other one is plus uh, one to hit for the same conditions, but they had to have made a charge move. So yeah, they charge the general. Okay, so they charge and they're and then well the other one just gets plus one attack on all the general's melee weapons. Plus at the start of the battle you get an extra command point. That's just one, but Yeah, the aggressive general only works when the general makes a charge move. Oh, sorry. You're right. I misread that. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. But we'll come back to that one. It, there is a reason. Okay. Um, but generally, you're going to take Blood of the Twelve because it's got the least amount of conditions to it. Okay. Um, artifacts, they've got two real standouts in here. Uh, Armor of Malice. So you get to add plus one to your save, which is great. Right. To get like a two plus griffin or a Black Dragon or a Steam Tank or even a Star Drake. Um, two plus re-rolling ones on a Star Drake is pretty gnarly. Having played that for years, it's pretty rough. <laughs> um, and then the Twin Stone, I like this one because it's always going to have a purpose. You can either choose to activate the Fire or Life side of it. So if you do the Fire side, you get to add plus one to hit rolls for attacks made by melee weapons. Um by friendly hammer hall units wholly within 12 of the bearer. So again, this is another passive to hit bonus. All you have to do is turn on the stone, and it works. Um, or if you turn on the green side, 
you get to pick your you get to roll a die for each friendly hammer hall unit holy unit twelve with a baron on a four up you can heal d three wounds to that unit. So it's not restoring models, so your single wound infantry won't benefit, but your multi wound models will. Okay. So that's like obviously if you're gonna play heavy monsters or if you go into the battalion, uh, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Yeah. Whew. So okay. The other one is really conditional, uh, based on objective markers. So I don't know if I would necessarily go that route. That's just not. I prefer to have something be consistent. So uh, Hammerhall has three spells, and the two standouts for me are Wings of Fire and Cindercloud. Mm-hmm. Um, so Wings is you get to pick a friendly unit that the caster can see. And on a six plus, you get to add one to run and charge rolls for that unit, and that unit can fly until your next hero phase. So it lets you get a unit up into the Grizz much quicker, um, and then it just helps make up for the potentially slow movement of your units or to increase your fast stuff. Um, and then the other one is Cinder Cloud, and I think this one is better. Um, it's cast value seven. If it goes off until the start of your next hero phase, subtract one from hit rolls for attacks that target friendly units wholly within nine of the caster. So if you have a caster that's on a big base, like a mage on a Hurricanum or a Luminarch or something, or even a sorceress on a dragon that casts this, um, you're going to be affecting a lot of things, and it helps keep your stuff alive. In addition to... You're saving command points from the Pride of Hammerhall, so you have a lot of options. Okay. See, and this is uh, this is, and there's six more of these, and I, yes. I I keep going because that's a lot of info. That like you just did a total info dump. Like honestly, my brain's already melting. Like I won't remember half of this. Like I'm glad well, I have the notes because God bless America. I have yeah. no idea what I mean. We're done. Like I'm like, okay, that's cool. That's a great army right there. Or at least it's got some cool stuff. May not be the best army in the book, but it seems pretty fun. Yeah. Um. So they have a city specific battalion, which is the Lancers. Right. So this is a free guild general on a Griffin, and three to six units of demi Griffin knights. Um. So for this one, you get to add one to hit and wound rolls for attacks. They all have. They don't have any shooting, so it's just attacks by units from this battalion that made a charge move in the same turn and are wholly within 18 inches of the free guild general on a griffin from this battalion. So they get plus one to hit. If you do the aggressive general, when the general charges in, it's now plus two to hit. Right. If you activate the twin stone, it's now plus three to hit. Oh. <laughs> for all of those profiles um the and plus 1 to wound yeah so plus 3 to hit plus 1 to wound if all conditions are met okay hey hold up a second i got heather calling i'm going to turn off the mic uh just give me a minute i was talking to the wife before she went to bed all right so where were we sorry uh just wrapping up with the hammer hauling and lancers right um so in addition to getting the cp from taking the battalion um, if you go the full max and you take six units of three demigriffs, 
on average, you're going to generate an additional command point from banners held high every turn. So you get a ton of CP. You can make some of these units bigger. If you really like the Demigriff Knights, there's no reason not to take this battalion. Well, and the models are fantastic. I still like these models. Yeah. Um, now, again, this is only available in Hammerhall. So if right. you want to play this battalion, you have to play Hammerhall. And that goes for all of these battalions. Each battalion is specific to the city we're talking about. Correct. Um, let me just, I'm, I want to go look at the, I'm, I'm looking for them. Where are they? Uh, I don't know what page they're on, and there's too many pages in this book. Demi-Griff Knights. All right, let's take a look at these cats. Three attacks, mostly threes by threes, with one rend, one damage, unless you take the lance. Why would you take the lance? I don't understand that. Um, If you take the lance, you get to go to rend two instead of rend dash, and two damage instead of one. When you charge. Okay. Because so, it's like forced to wound and no rend. I'm like, what? But then, okay, so. But that's still three attacks, threes by threes, even if you just don't go with the regular ones and run one rend. And the if the if when the when it attacks with the beaks and talons, the beaks and talons are threes by threes, one rend. And if it hits it on a six, it's just a mortal wound in addition to damage. Yeah, if the, if the unmodified wound roll is a six plus. Wound roll, sorry. Then you do the, then you get a mortal wound on top of that. Yeah, they're pretty. They're a three up save, four wounds. They move and ten move inches. 10. I mean, yeah. their bravery kind of sucks, but their units a three. So I mean, you really got to screw up. In fact, um, if they take a unit of three, then you can't fail a roll because even if you lose two, you can't fail a. Well, two. Yes, you could fail. Well, I suppose you could fail. With well, a no, you, bravery. you can't. Uh, because if you take a standard bear, you get to add plus one to your bravery. Oh, so bravery seven with the standard bear. So you lose one on a six, you you'd be care. fine. Yeah, no, this is... And if you lost two, then on a six, you'd lose the one... Yeah, you can, I could I could totally I could totally have fun doing that. I could totally have fun doing that. Mm-hmm. Big general on a griffin and just lots of, lots, of, lots of bird knights. Yeah, so you can create a super elite army out of what is like kind of a horde book. Yeah, essentially. And with the demigriffs, you could totally, uh, you could totally uh, convert the models and ma- put them in wizard robes, and you can make like a Harry Potter army. Yeah, you, you could. I'm just, I'm not saying you would, and I'm not sure why you'd want to. I'm just saying, I, like, I, I don't know. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. So, um, yeah. Let's okay. Forty-five minutes. You know what? Uh, let's do one more and then take a break. Let, or should we take a break? She whiz. No, I don't know. We can just jump let's right plug in along. Let's do this. City. Let's do this. All right. Um, where are we? Um, Living City. Okay. So now we're in Gyran. I'm looking for it. I must be missing a page in my notes. It's on page sixty-six. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm just looking at the notes. I, mu- I think I missed a page. Oh, that's what it got stuck in the book. Hold on. There we go. Got it. Living City. Let's do this. Okay. So this one, you have to be from Gairan, obviously. Um, they have a unique ability. So this is why they can't take Sylvaneth as allies, because they have the same kind of setup as Stormcast do for the rest of the cities. So you can do one in four units in your army can be a Sylvaneth unit. Um 
So, but that's why they can't be allies because then you could do them as this and as allies, and then you get two and four. So they're keeping you to one yeah. and four. I got you. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the stuff you're looking at more so, at least out of the Sylvaneth book, I think is you're looking at like tree revenants because of their ability to teleport and jump around all over the place. Um, Kurnoth hunters because those are amazing, and then the Ever Queen. You can take the Ever Queen as an ally. Oh, she's not an ally. So wait she's a minute. Not an so ally. The, so, so, there's, so it's not a point. There's oh, the point restriction is not there either. Correct. It's just one in four. Wow. You know, and it took me till the second army to figure out why you were saying how good this was, or why this was important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I could take dragons and stuff. And that. Okay. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Um. So they also have uh, the ability to ambush any unit in their army. As long as it has the living city keyword. Um, so like you set it off and then it comes on uh, off the edge of the battlefield. Okay. Wholly within six, the edge and more than nine away from the enemy. Uh, so that's neat for like full on ambushing and it'll combo nicely when we get to the command ability. It also combos nicely when you've got the objective, especially some of these, uh, you know, some of the uh, battle plans. You know, for the or the different uh, you know setups, um, you, I mean, who you, you can't sit. You, you know, now you have to set somebody on your objectives because if you pull forward thinking they're not going to get past me because they don't have any teleport, it's just as good as that. You're you're forcing people to stay near their objectives so that you just don't sneak up and steal them cheeky easy. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. See, I understand I- how to play this game sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um. <laughs> So, the next ability is attuned to nature, so you get to heal a wound allocated to each friendly living city unit. Uh, so this is multi-wound models, so you're kind of seeing where this is going, uh, as far as what kind of stuff that this army is usually going to be taking, uh, is big stuff, So and that's fine. Because it's um, heal, There's nothing, it doesn't say anything about or replace a model, so single, yeah, just single model, or single wound units, this does nothing to it. Yeah. But if you think about some of the other healing, like the Everqueen, she heals all the time, and then she gets an extra heal. Um, there's tons of healing in Gyran artifacts. So this army does heal quite a bit in your hero phase. Um, but we can get back to that. Now, the command ability. This one is interesting, and I'm just going to read it verbatim. You get to use it at the end of your shooting phase. And if you do so, you pick one friendly living city unit that's shot in that phase, which is more than nine inches away from any enemy units and is wholly within 18 inches of a friendly living city hero. That unit can make a normal move, not a run, um, and the same unit cannot benefit multiple times from this command ability in the same phase. The intention of this rule is for a unit to run up into range of the guns, shoot, and then peel backwards. Okay. That's the intention. How it works, though, is that you can standard move a unit that has either a poopy shooting attack or whatever. Um, Shoot with them, and then pick that unit that is primarily aggressive and then move them again for free in the shooting phase, and then charge in the charge phase. So, that's stuff like Drakesworn Templars, Dracothian Guard, uh, 
steam tanks, black dragons, the ever queen can do this. Nice. So if you combine this with the hidden paths, you can set up like four fulminators off to the side, have them come in. They're going to be in range to shoot their storm breath. And then you spend a command point to make them move 10 inches and then charge. Nice. So, yeah, this army is very shifty. It has a lot of movement potential. Um, this sounds, not exactly, but there's a lot of 6th edition wood elf in here. I can't imagine why. It's based in Gyran. It was raised by the Everqueen. It's like a thing. No, I just but that's great because we haven't had that in a long time. Like it's mm-hmm. it really is I, I, for people who like the movement phase. That was so much fun to screw around with, where you're just jumping all over the place. Like, and that's once again, you know, they pop out, they attack, they fade back into the trees. Their cloaks, their their looks, it's just suddenly boom, they're gone. You don't know mm-hmm. where they are. And then you're looking around, you're looking around, you're looking around. I mean, once again, let's go to the cinematic part of this. You know, picture yourself in where, I mean, I could just picture this in a film version where they're just, they don't know what where it's, where it's coming from. It's like the Predator almost. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you're just coming out of nowhere. Boom, hit, 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 hit. You By the time you get ready, gone. Yeah. This army, um, I think Living Cities just in general relies a lot on command points to really get the most out of them. So any way you can get extra command points in this army in general, I think is a good thing. Okay. Like that's why you have the adjudicants um, or edge chance, whatever the advisors. Um, <laughs> that's why the battalions are important as well. Um, just to get those extra command points and then purchasing a command point is not a bad idea for this army either. Um, so that's the living city battle trades. Um, now, as far as their command traits... Adjutant. Adjutant. I said it wrong. Adjutant. Thank you, dictionary.com. Sorry, couldn't help myself. Had to find out. It's okay. <laughs> anyway, um, so for the command traits, I think the big one on here is the Iron Oak Artisan. So you get to add one to save rolls. For attacks that target the general, so it gets a lot of your big stuff down to a 2+. plus, um, And then, in addition, you get to add 1 to wound rolls for attacks made by uh, melee weapons for this general. So, it's the general only, not their mount. So, that's a caveat that you gotta pay attention to. Okay. Um, however, you could take a Tree Lord Ancient or a Spirit of Durthu as your general. Because they're not allies, they're part of the army oh that's right because they're they're not allies they don't hit the point limit they don't hit the rules limit they're Mm -hmm. just okay look they're not really allies but in this realm of course they're going to join your army right Ah, gotcha see yeah i would have totally blanked over this my eyes would have glazed when i was reading the rules and i'd have been like forget it i don't want to take it yeah um i mean the the other no, one, I would dumb. personally put this on would be no, yeah, uh, but a dreadlord on black dragon because his lance normally wounds on a four, I think. So now it wounds on a three, um, so that is always a good thing. Um, the other two, I don't know if I would take them. To be perfectly honest with you, me neither. Um, Let's skip them. Screw them. Yeah, read them for sure because you may like them. Um, 
artifacts. The only one on here, like it's like super solid, is the Spear of the Hunt. Um, so you pick one of the bear's melee weapons. The Ren goes up by one, and then they get to start at the fight of the. They get to fight at the start of the combat phase if they made a charge. So this so it's okay. Like, okay, so they're getting the first fight now. If you charge and they fight first, does that that doesn't count as your pick, right? Correct. Okay, so they fight and then you get to pick your first fighter. Mm-hmm. Yay. Okay. Yeah. Um, the Deepmire cloak, like if you are playing with two small characters for either your general and or his adjutant or adjutant, whatever. Um, this is really good to protect them because then they cannot be targeted for the most part if they're small enough or if they're big enough like seven wounds or more while they're in cover subtract one from hit rolls from missile weapons that shoot at them but there's not a lot of seven wound or more characters that would benefit from cover um because most of them have the behemoth or the monster keywords or battlefield rolls and they just don't jive with cover gotcha so um but the that's spell, where you benefit from the yeah adjutant. Yep. Good grief. Going to use that the whole damn show. Get ready for that it. Would, yeah, that would probably be okay. Um, <laughs> and then the spell lords, all of these spells are good. Like, there's not one in here that is bad. Nice. Um, the cast value six for life surge. Pick a friendly model with an 18 that they can see and heal D6 wounds. So you're healing D6 wounds from the spell. You're healing a wound from Attuned to Nature. You're healing a wound potentially from some of the other artifacts. You're healing wounds potentially from your War Scroll. Like, it's a lot. But it happens in your hero phase. So the double turn hurts. Oh, yeah. So. Um, and then, let's see. We got Cage of Thorns. So you pick an enemy and then 18. And you get to have their movement characteristic until the start of your next hero phase. And in addition, the first time that unit moves, it takes D6 mortal wounds. Oh. So not only does it make you slower, if you move, you are going to take a punch. That's like the old fire cage. Yeah, fulminating flame cage. Well, look at that. You actually remember the name. Yeah. Actually, you tend to remember the names. I just call them dumb things. Yes. So toot toot, but that's besides the point. A lot of people call them toot toot because they yeah. got a horn and they go toot toot and then stuff dies. Right. Um, and then the last one, so castle you six, you get to pick a friendly unit holier than 18 of the caster and subtract one from wound rolls for attacks that target them, shooting and melee. So that's also really good. It keeps your characters, it keeps your stuff alive. Um, yeah. So if you go with like a because the lore of this is supposed to be more like the Wanderers. Um, and those guys and gals tend to be a bit on the squishy side. Um, so this, in terms of save, because uh, there's no toughness anymore. But this makes them more survivable. So it's Wanderers so, lore, even though the Wanderers aren't really welcome in Gairan? Is that what... Is the- they are in terms of the living city. Oh, okay. Alariel offered amnesty to anyone from Order, including them. Okay, but they got to live there. And don't they got to live like on the outskirts like or something like that? Did I read that correctly? Didn't we talk about that last week? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. They tend to live out in the home beyond the walls. So right. But yeah, so that's all of their extra rules and stuff. Their battalion is the uh, Viridian Pathfinders. All right, let me look at this. Hold on. Viridian Pathfinders. All right, can I at least read the rules? Because I don't know if it's... Okay, here we go. You get one living city nomad prince, three units of wildwood rangers, and you can take a unit of wild riders, okay? Plus one to charge for friendly units from this battalion if they use the Hunters of the Hidden Paths battle trait to set up on the battle. So plus one to charge if they if they ambush. Yes. Okay. And it oh on the same turn. So on the turn they come out of so they gotta you gotta come out close enough to the enemy. Or actually, you're got to be nine from the enemy, but you got to hopefully you'll be right at nine because then you would need just an eight to charge. You would actually need a seven. There, and this is one of the general principles that when we get to like the War Scroll section, most of these musicians give you plus one to run and charge. Oh, okay. Well, that's not bad then. Yeah, so you show up on a seven um, to get in there, and they do have a decent profile, but they are super, super squishy. Yeah, the Wildwood Rangers. I mean, and they're okay, like fighty wise, but they're one wound with a five up save. Uh, and the Wild Riders, if you take that unit, are two wounds with a five-up save. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, they can both lay down some serious damage. Uh, with the Wild Rangers, they're on a 25-millimeter base with a two-inch reach weapon. So they attack in three ranks, essentially, oh, yeah. if you do tip-to-tip. Tip. So at two attacks each, threes by threes, ran one, damage one. Um or two if you're fighting a monster. Like, they can do some work, but they just cannot take a punch. Oh, no, they die. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they die horribly. Mm-hmm. But, like you said, if you can get them in there and get a quick attack, get off special rule. Yeah. I mean, yeah, three, they just yeah. can't shoot, so they don't get to benefit from the strike and melt away. Oh, well, yeah. So you have to get in there. It's a surgical strike. I don't know if you would ambush more than one unit of these guys um, in terms of this, but... And really to get the benefit of all the... I guess there's two ways you could do this, because they got units of 10 up to units of 30, but they're 130 points a pop, so you're going to be spending three... Yeah. So, 130 for 10, so if you do a big unit of 30, it's going to cost you 390. There's no bonuses, right? The one way I can see this really working, though, is if you kind of get them in, if you only have a unit of 10, you can go like 3-4-3. Three, three. Yeah, and then well, they all attack. Then they all attack, and it's much harder for your enemy to get models in to get attacks back. Like if you get into a tight spot, or you got some terrain on your side, or maybe a big beast or something that's going to give you one of these little bonuses for attacking and charging and stuff and all these things, you could go with 10 and and limit the amount of attacks back, which could which could possibly... I'm just saying mitigate the amount of death you're going to have to take back while getting letting all of that all of your 10 attack. I mean, you can go to 20 and still kind of try to stretch it out, but then suddenly you're you're opening, you know, you obviously, you know, there's more they get more more chance to kill you. Yeah, you're investing a substantial chunk in something that will probably die. Yep. Um so 
But if you want to take the battalion and, and just go, you know, crazy with the cheese whiz. Yeah. Because the Nomad Prince, Wild uh, three units. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a big chunk of your army right there if you really want to do that, if you want to just bring the whole darn thing in from an ambush. I don't know why you would. I'm not that good a player. Maybe you plan it out that way that, that you know. But. If you're using, I think the optimum, if you're going to do it as like a full alpha, is the Prince and the 30 Rangers in ambush. Um. And for every unit that you put in ambush, you have to have a unit on the table. It's just like Stormcast. Right. Um, so you can either set this whole battalion up in ambush um, at the minimum, as long as you have enough stuff on the table. And then you use the tens as like diverters or going for objectives. And then you just hit this 30 block into something. Um, use the command ability from the... Uh, Nomad prints to get them to hit on twos and then wound on threes. Um, it's like, you can do all that, but I don't... I think it's a lot, and I don't know if you necessarily need the extra artifact um, from Gyran or from this list, really. Probably not, but I'm just a, you know. I'm just throwing no. out ideas, because what do yeah, I know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh... All right, so you, you do realize when we get to the end of this, I'm going to have you rank these. I hope you realize that. If not, then you're going to have to be doing. You're going to have to start ranking over the break because I'm just going to ask you what you think are the best ones. I may even ask the listeners to post up their opinions on the Facebook page because you know we got a Facebook page. It's called Garage Hammer Podcast, and sometimes people post things there. Well, I can tell you, number one is Hollow Heart because it's dumb. Spoilers. Spoiler. Um. I don't know if I would play Hallow Heart, just personally. Um, I think the really strength to this book is that there's a city for every style, um, and almost every collection. Gotcha. So, okay. All right. Um, is that all for Living City? That is. All right. You know what? Let's take a break here, and then we'll come back, and we'll do three more, and then we can take a break, and then we can do the other two, because that'll work that way. Because then we got all the seven. Right? Mm -hmm. All right. All right. We'll be right back. Folks, Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chess X Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. And we are back down in the Ghoul Mare, or Mere, for the Greywater Fastness. 
Yeah. He's hunching, searching for the princess of the gray water fastness. He's the gray water hobo, searching, searching along the train tracks for the gray water princess in gray water hollow. How'd you like my song? I just made it up right off the top of my head right there. I couldn't tell. <laughs> um, so I am the greatest. Uh, uh-huh. All right, let's keep going. Let's do yeah. this. Trying. Uh, so for Greywater, uh, this is the industrial city in Gairan. So there's going to be some stuff in here that doesn't necessarily they, make sense. They don't get to take the uh, Sylvaneth allies. So, or Sylvaneth just units, okay? Right? Yeah, no Sylvaneth at all. They can't take them as allies, and they don't have the Wargroves ability that the living city does. Okay. So, but there is no, there is, there is no, can they, can they do the one unit with uh, uh, Stormcast still? They can do that because yeah. that's everybody's rule. That's everybody. Right. Okay. So they can do that, but not the other thing. Okay. Yeah. Now, of all of the uh, cities that are in this book, this is the only one where I don't know what Stormhost is at the center of Greywater Fastness. Oh, that's right. Because for Hammerhall, it's the... Hammers of Sigmar for Living City. It's the Gyron Guard. Uh, Greywater, they don't mention it. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting. It might be in the Firestorm book. Because um, I certainly don't know. Hey, can we go back real quick? Because I just have a question on Living City. And I, you probably actually said this, and I probably yep. wasn't listening. Sounds right. Um, because there's so much information. So, uh, the living city, you can take one in every four units can be a, a city, a Sylvaneth unit, right? Yes. Can they also, one in four units, take a Stormcast unit? Yes. So they can literally do, without even tapping into the allies, half of their units can be Sylvaneth and Stormcast. Yes. Well, it's one out of every four. Or for a, quarter and and a quarter can be Sylvaneth a quarter can be... Okay, that's that's I just I, that's what I thought. Did we say that? Did you say that? Did I, or did we just think that that's what was obvious? No, and, I I'm pretty sure I said it, but good clarifier. Okay, just making sure because I you know what? Hey, I'm not even certain about much except for one thing, and that's how to say this. Adjutant. Like that. There you go. So, all right, let's do this. Gray water fastness. Um. Okay, let's see. What are their cool lores? Um, you got to be from Gyran. One friendly, one friendly rune lord can chant a prayer in addition to anything on their war scroll. If you do roll a die on a one, nothing happens. On a two up, the prayer is answered. And what's the prayer? Pick a friendly war machine, the Ironwald Arsenal war machine, within three inches of the model. Plus one to hit for attacks made by that. Okay, so, yeah, it's a rune lord. So he's making the things work better. So plus one to hit. If you answer his prayer on a two-up, one war machine gets a plus one to hit. That's not that's good in general because when these things these war machines hit, they hit like a tank, right? I mean, not, and I'm not saying that as like just to be funny with the steam tank. These things, these war machines, get to be bananas. Yeah, the hell storms or the hell blasters. Um, but funny enough, the steam tanks are also war machines. Well, right, yeah. So you can pump that up uh 
The only issue is this requires rolling a dice, and it's only one within three, whereas the Lord Ordinator from Stormcast gives a plus one to all passively as so a you, bonus. So you bring a Lordinator, and you have this dude there, right? So the Lordinator is going to give one to everybody, and then this guy can give a plus, a, so he can get a plus two. Yeah. Um, and then there are other like additional bonuses hidden in the Ironwood Arsenal for the to hit roll. Um, but like the Cogsmith, uh, in general, he gets to provide, what does he do? He is re-rolls, I believe. Um, yeah, for the Hellblaster, you get to re-roll how many shots you take. For the Hell Storm, you get to re-roll ones to hit if they're near a Cogsmith. And then just the Cogsmith in general... Uh, he gets to heal War Machines, so up to D three. Yeah, and that includes nice. steam tanks. So, oh, that's just dumb, but awesome. Yeah, it's, it's anything that's Ironwall Arsenal is a is a War Machine, with the exception of the Cogsmith. Oh, because well, yeah, gyrocopters, gyro bombers, the guns, the steam tanks. Oh, so much fun! Oh, yeah, I love my black powder armies. Yep, and this is one. So, like the almost uh, makes me want to build one, but yeah, I'm the not Lord, doing the that. Lord Ordinator, I think, is like an auto if you're gonna go heavy guns with gray water. Oh yeah, so, at least one. It's any model with this ability, so it's not like you can take multiples and stack them to the. No, bejesus. I'm not saying stacking them, but then you don't also you don't have to sit where I'm putting my, him down there and then measuring and, and putting them in a triangle around him. I, if I got a couple. Then I could sp- yeah. I could spread out my gun line. Yeah, because so you can that's spread what I'm going to do. I'm just going to blow yeah. up stuff, and then when they get to it, I'll die. But boy, will it be glorious up till then. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so after that, you then have the home of the great Ironweld guilds. Do you want to take this one? Um. Okay. Oh yeah. 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 Um. Increase the range. Oh, okay. Range characteristic of missile weapons used by Ironweld Arsenal units by three inches. It doesn't affect the minimum range. So the Hellstorm, which is 10 to 36 inches, would be 10 to 39. Uh, and if you're fighting a pitched battle, plus one artillery unit in your... Oh! On the 2,000 points, how many artillery can I take? Normally four. So then I get five. But it has to be Ironweld Arsenal, because you could technically take the... Um, Celestar Ballistas. Oh, but I mean, uh, that's fine. I mean, that's... That, yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. That's that's totally cool. But then I get five. Yeah, you can take up to five. You don't get that fifth gun for free. You still have to pay the points for it. Right. You just get the ability to take it. Sure, but I mean, that's still... I'm, I'm, I'm pleased as punch with this. Plus, the extra three-inch range means that I can, I can keep them a little bit farther back. Or if you try to sit a little bit farther back, I'm still pummeling your head. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, because, all right, yeah, we're looking at even the gyrocopters. That clatter gun suddenly is almost two feet. The brimstone gun becomes 19 inches. The steam, no, it's the steam gun. The that's steam the gun money. becomes 11 inches. Yeah, that, yes. Yeah, because the steam gun, for those that are not familiar with it, you get one shot for every model in the enemy unit that you're shooting at within that many inches of the gyrocopter. So, 
Are we if talking about the steam gun on the tank or on the gyrocopter? On the gyrocopter. Oh, okay. I thought we were talking about on the tank. No, we can talk about that one, too, because it's kind of the same thing. But the steam gun on the gyrocopter, if you're rocking up against a 40-man unit, and as long as a model's within 11 inches from the gyrocopter, it just flies up 16 inches and then pumps off the steam cloud, threes by fours, run one damage one, it can do some serious work. Oh, yeah. And they're cheap as chips. Yeah, so See, and I love like that a- because it's like it, it's that steam attack. It's like a gas attack. Just anything within range is getting hit, and that doesn't worry about your, your armor, doesn't worry about any of that nonsense because it's just burning you. Yeah. So you can take just like this whole Flight of the Valkyries thing, like the whole... F- Thing with the uh, helicopters coming over the top of the trees yeah. with the sun behind them. Yeah. yeah. Where are those? So, I'm trying to find them in the points thing here because I have no idea how much they cost. They're 80 points a gyrocopter. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, see, yeah. Uh, no. Uh-uh. No, I'm not building an army for this. I'm not doing it. I got oh, no, to finish I what I got. 70 points. Oh, you lied. They're 70 points. Well, that's good. That's good because, you know. Yeah, copters are 70 and the bombers are 80. That's so wonderful. That makes me And you so can happy. take a horde discount, too. Well, oh, my goodness. Yeah, you can take three gyrocopters for 180 points. <laughs> okay, so what else? What else we got with this? Um. Then their command ability is salvo fire. So you use this command ability in your shooting phase. And if you do, you pick a friendly uh, either handgunner unit or iron drake unit, wholly within 12 of said hero. And you get to add one to hit rolls for attacks made by that unit until the end of that shooting phase. And they cannot stack it. So you get the... Now, this obviously plays into, like, what you should be, quote-unquote, taking with this list. Um, So, like, the Iron Drakes, they go up to twos to hit with their Drake guns, which is pretty gnarly. Um, And then, oh, the Drake guns and the Torpedo hits on a two at that point. And then the Handgunners, they normally hit on fours. If there's more than 10 or more in a unit, they now hit on threes. And if you use this commandably, they now hit on twos. That works. I'll take that. Yeah, I'll buy that for a dollar. Yeah, yeah. So, um, nope, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. So, um, that's the Greywater um, extra stuff. Now, their command traits... Uh, seat a council or seat on the council um, is really good. You just is this the best one? Because it seems like it. Because it seems like you need these point. You need these command points. It's good, and then so is drill master. Mm-hmm. Um, it just depends on how you build your list, really. Um, so for seat on the council, if the general's on the table at the start of your hero phase, you get to roll a dice and on a fourth, you get a command point. Um, so you, you get two or three that- extra command points a game. Yeah, but then you stack that with the adjutant, um, or whatever it is. Right, that guy. Remember him. Yeah, so then you get two shots a turn at a four-up to get 
Yes. Yep. Thank you. Um, so you get to do that. So two shots at a four up. So chances are you're getting an extra command point every turn. Um, so you're getting two command points a turn, which is not bad. Sometimes you'll get three and sometimes you'll just get one. So it's a good one. And then the drill master is pretty gnarly. Um, the, you get this counts real, for literally anything in this. Any missile weapon. It doesn't have to be black powder. It can be a bow. It doesn't matter. But it could be the gyrocopters, the tanks, the hell blasters, the guns. I mean, it's a missile weapon on anything. No yes. limit. Okay. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. You get to reroll hit rolls of one as long as they are wholly within 12 inches of the general. And the general is more than three inches away from any enemy units. That's so. That's great. You combine this with salvo fire. They're hitting on twos, rerolling ones. Um, it just hurts. It's so good. It I is. love it. Um, I don't see the last one getting a lot of play. Like you can run and shoot for friendly units, holy within twelve. Um, I think that's good for like an alpha strike if you're gonna like run iron drakes up to then blaze away. Um, but. I don't know if I would do that personally. I can't get away from like the consistent stuff with like drill master or seat. So, right. No, you know, I mean, honest, I mean, no, nope. I'm not taking that. I, I looked at this and said, Oh, I'd probably go in for the command point anyway, because of all the cool things that you get to add. But yeah, yeah, no, no, no. So what about mm-hmm. the artifacts and the spell lores? Cause we want to get through this and get to this battalion. Cause I like the battalion. Yeah. Um, so for the artifacts, uh, the standout is the steam piston plate mail. So you get to add one to save rolls. So again, a two up tank or a two up dragon or whatever. Um, and if the bearer does not have a mount, you get to add one to the bearer's move characteristic. Cause they got a little extra hitch in their giddy up. They got steam pistons. So they, yes. they're literally they're, they're They got power armor. Yeah. A little bit. It's like iron man, but like the first iron man, like when he built it in the desert and he looked like the stovepipe iron man. That's, Oh, so good. Yeah. Love it. Um, there are closet cases for the other two, like unique munitions. The Knight Venator from Stormcast, uh-huh. uh, the flying guy with the bow. You get his bow up to two damage or D6 plus one damage or D6 plus four damage. All right. Um, when he shoots the Star Fate. Um, and then the Macroscope gets you an extra command point at the start of your first battle round. So that's always good. And you get plus one to hit for missile weapons that he makes. Um, I mean, it's cool for an extra command point, but that just seems like a lot for a command point. Yeah, especially when you can do the other the other cool things. So yeah, um, the spells they're all great. Um, they do have some range issues, especially with choking fumes. Um, but again, if you use the spell portal, you just set up the portal and then put it right put the other one right in front of the unit you're targeting um and this only has a cast value of six it's got sixes on all of them yeah okay uh this one is gnarly because you get to pick a enemy unit within 15 inches of the caster that is visible so you use the mirror and And then you roll 15 inches of the mirror okay yeah and you roll a dice for each model from that unit that is within 15 inches of the caster or the mirror and on a five up they take a mortal wound Okay. So you're deleting a third of a unit of single wound infantry. <laughs> of course you are, because it's... A, it's, a, it's it, 
You can't breathe the smoke. I got you. you can't yeah. handle your smoke. I got you. Yeah, there's like ash cloud. You pick a unit, an enemy unit, minus one to hit until your next hero phase, which is awesome. Um, now, the weird one for the eroding blast is really good if it's somebody that brings terrain features like Deepkin or Sylvaneth, because, you know, it's kind of what it's for, is Sylvaneth specifically, I think. Um, you get to pick a terrain feature wholly within 18 inches of the caster that they can see. Roll a die for each model within an inch of that terrain feature, and on a 5-up, it takes a mortal wound. In addition, until your next hero phase, that terrain feature also counts as deadly. So, okay. if you're playing against a Sylvaneth player who brings up these big woods, now suddenly, you're suddenly hamstringing a little bit. Nice. <coughs> See, now, I, I, I am enjoying this one, but this is just, like, this is... <laughs> This is my favorite part of playing these types of armies. I love the black powder. So let's look at their. Can we? Let's look at their uh, battalion. Okay. I mean, can we yeah. go there? Okay. So you get one cogsmith and two to four rocket batteries or volley guns. No, when it says two to four, do, I mean do I, and this is. I'm, I know this is a wording question. I'm not trying to argue. I'm not trying to you know pick apart semantics here. But is it two to four in any combination? Or it's get, any combination. Okay, two to four rocket battery. Okay, so I get two to four of whatever I want. In your shooting phase, in the first battle round. See, and it's just, it, 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 I guess it's too good to be every battle round. In the first battle round, if you're within six inches of a hero and more than three inches from the enemy, you can shoot twice. Mm-hmm. That's really, that can be stupid. With a couple of good rolls, that can be really dumb. Um, yeah, just for their accuracy. Yeah, I mean, if you just decide to go with the three decks on the volley gun and just decide to go all out, doing that twice, 3d6 twice. Yeah, if there's something within 27 inches. Um, yeah. If you do the Hellstorm, though, I think you get the more literal bang for your buck out of this. So it's a- Because... 39 inches yeah three attacks twice three well it's three attacks twice they hit if they all shoot the same thing because you can spread fire but you can then hit on fours you get to reroll ones if you're within three inches of an engineer which you have to take this battalion anyway right and then you stack a load ordinator on there you then get it down to threes threes to hit rerolling ones Threes to wound, Ren two damage, D three, and you fire that off. What twice? Twenty four so shots, threes to hit, rerolling ones. Well, no, it's three attacks. Yeah, but you do it twice. Right, so six attacks, threes for to hit each re- one. So that's twenty four shots if all four are hellstorms. Oh, right, 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 right. I'm sorry, I was thinking about one, but oh yeah, no, that's oh that's good. Yeah, 24 shots, hitting that's on three zeroing ones. That's 16 hits on the first round, and then another, like, five. So it's 21 hits, wounding on threes, wound 14, rend two damage, d3. I mean, that's... And how much is the... How much is the... Uh, how much is the Cogsmith? He's only 60 points. He's cheap as chips. Oh, really? So then... 
you're talking five eighty for the whole thing plus the cost of the battalion itself, which is oh one twenty, so five seven hundred points. Yeah, so, so you still have like a legit rest of your army. But you're dropping this, you're getting an extra artifact, you got all this stuff, and then you're dropping... I mean, granted, like you said, it's just the first round, but... But... Yeah, 24. You could you could pick something that they just don't want to lose and just smash it apart. Yeah. Right in the and beginning. It doesn't specify for the Hellstorms if it's plus one against things with X many models. It's just if they shoot the same thing. So Nagash is the same thing as a chain rasp to a hellstorm. Gotcha. So, but if you hit Nagash with like 14 at Ren 2, damage D3, he's going back in the ground. He's not ethereal? Uh, he probably, he might, he might, yeah, no, nah, he might miss some of those. No, he's a 3 up. So he goes to a 5 up, and then he gets the death save after the multipliers. That's all he gets against these things. Oh, that's right. You know, he'd have to take the ethereal dumb amulet. Okay. Which he can't take. Which he can't take because he's a named character. Ooh, wait a minute. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If he's Petrifix, then he goes to a four-up, which is dumb. Oh, see, now um, I have to have this army so that next time I go to a tournament and I see Mr. Mephisto, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna take his uh, Nagash and his... Uh, his uh, Bonehead, uh, what they're what Ossiarch uh, Bone Reapers, yeah. and turn them sideways and stick them straight up his candy ass. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, because man, he was just I'm Nagash and I'm gonna kill you, and that's no, what no, he it's did. Nagash, Nagash, Nagash. That's right, Nagash. Anyway, whatever. So he was just brutal. Yes, uh, revenge. All right, uh, so that's it with Gray Water. Okay, um. Then, who's the next one? Who's the next one? Phoenicium. The Phoenicium. Okay, we're going to go. Okay, let's get to Phoenicium. And you're listening to Garish Hammer Jaguar. Wow, wow. Back, 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 back. Back, back. I'm just going to keep doing this until Alex says something. Back, 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 back. Now Alex is messing saddle up. again. <laughs> I thought you were just going to be quiet on purpose and let me keep going and, just make, and, and see if I would actually keep going along. And you did. You stopped. I, 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 I folded like a cheap suit. Mm-hmm. All right. We're I was just finish. trying to spare our listeners. <laughs> Not that we have many, but, you know. Oh, we have plenty, and we have we the best listeners. The best listeners. You talk about the listeners of the other shows, not as good as the listeners of these shows, unless you listen to both shows, and then then you're you're still awesome. But mm-hmm. if you, it, it, our listeners rock. They're the best. All right, the Phoenician. It was once more than a little 
an ancient ruin lying at the foot of the vast tree-like Arborean Mountains. Oh, this is the place that's made out of amber. Part of it, yeah. Okay, so the lower slopes of the mountain were torn asunder and a tidal wave of sticky sap. So wait, the mountain was full of sap? Are we doing lore or war? Oh, that's right. (laughs) I'm on the wrong page. Okay, I just wanted to remember where we were. That's right. I'm in the wrong half of the book. This is what happens when you take a break. You come back and you're in the wrong part of the book because you're just trying to remember things. That Way you... to put us in a sticky situation, dude. Oh, that was that was horrible and wonderful at the same time. You know what? <laughs> We're coming in hot. The Phoenician. It, okay, so you have to be from Gyran, though, right? Because that's where the Phoenician is? Yes. Right, right, right. Okay, so look, explain this. Explain this uh, this beautiful uh, army to us. These okay. are the Phoenix worshippers. Do you have to take Phoenixes in this army, or would you at least recommend it? I'm asking questions because I'm full of energy. Yeah, I noticed. Um, so the answer is I would certainly recommend Phoenix Temple units. Um, they're the ones that benefit the most from this. All right, all right. All right, so let's go. Um, what are their special rules? Oh, can I read them? Yeah. Excellent. Okay, you got to be from Gyran. You get venture- plus one to hit and wound for attacks made with melee weapons by friendly Phoenician units if any friendly Phoenician units have been destroyed. So if you lose any Phoenician units, the other guys get they get mad. And so they get yeah, plus the one to hit. Yeah, whole army. Wound. There's no distance. Oh, wow. In the yeah. same phase. Okay, so. Mm-hmm. All right, but still, that's good. Um Add one to the wounds characteristics of Frostheart and Flamespire Phoenixes. Oh, that's that's good. Uh, extra wounds is always good, right? Uh, yes. And then their command ability. Uh, start of the combat phase. Pick a friendly Phoenician hero Flamespire Phoenix or a friendly Phoenician hero Frostheart Phoenix. Until the end of the phase, if a friendly Phoenician model is slain while it's within 12 inches of the hero, that model can fight before being removed from play. Okay, so it's it's got the it's got the if you die you fight and then go away rule, but only if it's near the phoenix. Now, uh, it's only got the hero rule if you got somebody on it. So it's got to be a guy on a phoenix. Yes, it has to be an anointed on a phoenix in order to benefit. But the important feature is that. It's the model is slain while it's within 12, not wholly within 12. So you have a slightly bigger bubble. Okay. And uh, it's everything around that phoenix. So it's not like you pick a unit within 12. It's every model within 12 of that bird. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Cool. All right. So, So... Jump into this. Tell us what's cool. Yeah. The Vengeful Revenants, this is a tricky ability to get the most out of because it requires one of your units dying. So the easiest way to do this is to sacrifice cheap troops. Um, So this is like Aether Wings, a solo Griffhound if you took a Lord Castellant or a Lord Veritant from Stormcast. Uh, flagellants, because they are naked and fast, and they actually get better when they take wounds. So, they're good for this task, or the ever-popular gyrocopter, because it is only 70 points. Okay, so you want to have a lot of tiny, cheap units to make this effect. Um, 
Now, the only thing is to get the biggest bang for the buck, you need to sacrifice something in order to. Now, this has to happen during the combat phase, right? Because there's plus one to melee weapons during that phase, so it has to be during the combat phase. So, if your opponent doesn't go after the cheapy, crappy stuff first, I mean, if they're clever and they go after the big things that they might not be able to completely wipe out, they can avoid this, right? Yeah, they can avoid it to a certain point. Because of the rules where you have to pile in and you have to, well, you have to fight if mm-hmm. you're in range to fight. Right. So if you're fighting up against something that has like the always strike first or fight start fight at the start of the combat phase stuff, you can oh, so, YOLO oh, a unit into them. Okay, you're just throwing crap. Oh, oh I see. So it's like when you're fighting like Slanesh or something like that. And you can Not be- necessarily Slanesh, because Slanesh can kind of do the activation stuff, but like uh, the... Deepkin, too? They got the first high activate. tide, yeah. Yeah, uh, okay. A good anti-Deepkin. Um, there's a few other... Well, there's a lot of other things. They get the always strikes, or always strikes first at the start of the combat phase stuff. So you watch for that stuff and then sacrifice a cheap unit into it, and then your whole army gets better. Gotcha. So you're losing a unit, but you could potentially be taking much larger chunks out of your opponent's army. Plus, the, same the hit and wound is bananas, though. It is. Um, I mean, especially if you follow the narrative on this uh, with taking Phoenix Guard, because if your opponent goes after your Phoenix Guard, they have a four-up save in addition to their armor save. So yeah. then, yeah, Phoenix when, Guard would go. They go to twos and twos, right? And they get to re-roll wound rolls if an anointed uses his command ability. Twos and twos re-rolling ones on the wound. Okay, yeah, that's dumb. That's great, though. Yeah, so this is tricky for timing, and it does depend on your opponent cooperating. But even if they're not cooperating, they're going to change the order of their combats in order to avoid this. Gotcha. So there is a control element to how this fights. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And you could you could really play with this too. I mean, if you want to be that guy, and you got a bunch of tiny units, like if you have several of them, mm-hmm. you know, you can throw them into the same unit, giving yeah. your opponent fewer units to fight with. So eventually, mm-hmm. he's going to have to go after one of these things and probably kill it, unless he's hoping to roll poorly. Which, why? No, makes sense. Okay, I get it. All right, let's do the rest of this. What else is good in the Phoenicium? Um, the command traits for them, the Seeker of Vengeance, is probably the standout because you get plus one attack with that general's melee weapons if a friendly model has been slain in that same combat phase. So it's not a unit, it's a model. Okay. So if just okay. one of your guys dies anywhere on the table, he gets plus one attack. And you add three to his attacks characteristic if a uh, if five or more models have been slain. And this is friendly, not Phoenicium. For the Revenants to trigger, it has to be a Phoenicium keyword unit. The Seeker of Vengeance can be allies. It just says friendly model. So okay. there is some wording there. Um... Oh, okay, but if you take a Phoenician army, doesn't everybody get the Phoenician keyword? Not your allies. Oh, okay, not your allies. Right, 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 right. Okay. 
But I was saying, like, the gyrocopter and stuff, that's not allies. That's just in the book. You just make it a solution. That's just in the book, yeah. Right, right, right. Okay. Um, So you do that combined with the Vengeful Revenants, plus one attack or plus three attacks, depending on how many models died, and then plus one to hit and wound with that particular general, whatever it is. Now, if your general's on a bird, it just goes to the general? Yeah, but his attacks still aren't bad. Threes by threes run one. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then it gets, but it's just the volume of attacks and then the accuracy is really what this is about. Cool. Uh, the other two, I don't know if I would really play them just because the lore of the Phoenix is not amazing compared to some of the other cities. And then the not taking battle shock tests for Phoenician units wholly within 12. You're, if you're playing to the narrative, the bravery of this army is so high to begin with. I don't know if you necessarily need the Battleshock immunity. Right. Cool. All right, well, let's skip. Let's just talk about what the good things are. I don't care about the crummy things or the mediocre things. Screw those uh, things. Okay. So, <laughs> Artifacts of Power, um, yep. they have one where if you roll a six, you auto-heal a wound for your save, but if it's an unmodified six, so take it or leave it, um, you get to heal a wound. The other one, you can fly, run, and charge. So the stuff that you want run and charge on usually already flies. So you're missing half the benefit mm-hmm. of the artifact already. Mm-hmm. And then the probably the best one is the amber armor. So you reduce the rend characteristic of an attack that has a rend of neg 1 to negative 0. So it doesn't worsen all rend it's just if it's rend one it's effectively neg- rend zero against the model with the amber armor you know what the I, whenever i play like like against rotor with his seraphon that is the most annoying thing they take away all rend one they just ignore rend one you got to be at least rend two it's like yeah oh okay well uh, half of my army is just rend one you know not anymore i mean there's a lot of rend one in the game. Yeah. And just it's it, 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 you know, it doesn't tough. affect two or three or any big heavy hitters. But just the but that's that's good. Like that, it is. <laughs> that takes your stormcast and messes them up a lot. That messes up a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, Petrifix really depends on their rend. Um there's a lot of stuff that depends on that rend one and when we if we get into any sort of the war scrolls in this book, there is a lot of Rend 1. I've noticed that, yeah. All right, and any spells stick out? Uh, speaking of sticky situations, um, Amber Tide. So this one, you pick an enemy <laughs> unit, and until the start of your next hero phase, you half their movement characteristics. So it's like Cage of Thorns from Living City, okay, but not as good. Um, the Golden Mist is probably the best one. This one's cast value 6. If it goes off, you can heal D3 wounds allocated to each friendly Phoenician units. Each friendly Phoenician unit within 12 inches of the caster. So, this is obviously playing into taking big stuff, which is kind of like where you're going anyway, because you're going to want a couple of birds, and this can heal your birds. The other thing you're looking at is the Lions of Sigmar are a cavalry-based storm host predominantly. Uh-huh. So they're going to be taking stuff like Drakiths and Star Drakes and Evocators on Dracolines. So those are all big multi-wound models. 
that can dish out a lot of damage. And if a unit dies to the Phoenician special rule, they all get that bonus to hit and wound. So, playing to the narrative, Golden Mist seems like the best way to do it for what you'd want to take in the army anyway. Cool. All right. Um, oh, the the battalion. Let me take a look at this battalion here. Uh, the Phoenician... Uh, wait, what page? Here it is. The Phoenix Flight. One to two Frost Hearts, one to two Flame Spires. At the start of your hero phase, heal a wound for each friendly Phoenician unit wholly within 12 inches of... And, okay, so you got two to four Phoenixes. You got the hot and the cold varieties. And uh, any unit with wholly within 12 heals a wound at the start of the hero phase. Yeah. That's so, not bad. It's not bad, but again, you're thinking about what this is going to benefit, which is large models or multi-wound models. Well, and if they're near each other, they heal each other, right? Yes, because they're wholly within right. 12 of themselves. So in addition to these phoenixes all having an additional wound from the battle, from the uh, blood of the earth phoenix, and then you have this, so it constantly stacks, and they have their the Frostheart Phoenix aura for the blizzard yeah, gets better the less wounds that they've taken. Oh, okay. So you're gonna want to if you're gonna do it. This is a way to play with a lot of phoenixes very quickly. Cool. All right, who's next? Who's our, who's our next city? Where is it? Next page. Next page. Next page. Um, what is it? Because I think I mixed up my pages. <laughs> it's in order, dude. Seventy-two Anvil Guard. Oh, okay. Wait, where's my Anvil Guard page? Oh, there it is. That's why. I totally screwed up. Okay. I'm sorry I printed all my notes out and then I dropped them because I'm, I'm, I'm all energized because we took a break. and That's what happens. Okay. So, uh, Anvil Guards from Akshi, and uh, I'll do the battle traits because that's the only thing I can do, and then you can tell us what's good. Let's see. Battle traits. They're from Akshi. Um, oh, you pick. <laughs> I like this. You profit from one of the following benefits of illicit dealings. Um, plus, okay, one additional hero can bear an artifact of power from the artifact table if you play Black Market. If you do sorcery, an additional dragon, Charybdis, or War Hydra can have a Drake Blood curse. Oh, cool. Okay. I like this. Oh, this is all the. This is all that uh, that uh, dark elf stuff. So yeah, they're they're dirty. Yeah, okay, I get this. Um, they you get D three extra command points right off the bat. Uh, if you have any Charybdises or dragons or war hydras, one of them has a Drake blood curse. Oh, and that's okay. Um, choose which model will get it. Then pick or roll on the curse table. We'll talk about the curses in just a minute, I guess. You can choose an adi an additional one to have one for each battalion in your army. A model cannot have more than one curse, and an army cannot include duplicates of the same curse. So you already got one. There's only three curses. Mm -hmm. If you have a battalion, you get two curses if you have more than one of these things. And if you decide to dabble in sorcery, you can have all three. Unless yep. you, or if you have two battalions, and then you can take the extra hero. Um. And then real quick, uh, command ability is at the Battleshock phase. Pick a friendly Anvil Guard to wholly within 12 inches of a hero. 
One model in the unit slain. However, in that phase, you don't take Battleshock, test for friendly Anvil Guard, wholly within 18 of that unit. Oh, that's like the old dagger. Except, well, I mean, nothing like the dagger other than you're just killing your own men to, to, to make things happen. So I yeah, like that. Okay, this, and it's called... Uh, the- used to be a command ability uh, for the Darkling Covens. Uh-huh. Was you knife a guy and the unit's immune to Battleshock. Now you pick a uh, friendly unit wholly within 12 of the hero, you knife a guy in that unit, and everyone within 18 of that unit doesn't have to take Battleshock tests. That's really good. 18 inches? From a unit stretched out. From within 12 of the the general. Of so, the hero. Of the hero. It doesn't have to be the general. No, not the general. So I got a hero. I can go 12 inches away from him. Or the unit can be up to 12 inches. Boom, hit that. And then anything within 18 inches of that. So you're literally talking over two feet. I mean, if, if he's near the middle of... If that, if he's off to the... Wow, that's just bananas. I mean, that's a yeah, big it's circle. Yeah, a massive area. Wow. Okay. Um, so you can get an... Okay, so uh, why don't you talk about the rest? Or should we talk about the curses since I... we? That's one of their abilities. Yeah, so there's three curses, uh, the first of which is Acid Blood. So every time that model takes a wound from a melee weapon and isn't saved, you roll a dice, and on a 4+, plus, the unit that hit them takes a mortal wound. Um, this would probably be going on a Hydra, because the Hydras heal in the hero phase, like, all the time. Right. So, I mean, the Charybdis can heal if it kills something, but it's not super consistent. So you got that uh, on the Hydra. Yep. Uh, jutting. Go ahead. Yep, go ahead. Okay. Uh, jutting Bones. After the model makes a charge, pick an enemy unit with an inch of him and roll a dice. On a two-up, uh, that enemy unit takes D3 mortal wounds. Ooh. Yeah. So that one is probably going to want to go on a dragon. On a dragon. Because it's the fastest of the three. Okay. And then the last one, fell minus two bravery from enemy units within 12 inches of any models that have this curse. So is that for the Charybdis, or is that just anybody? That would be the Charybdis or the Dragon. Okay. Um, just because the Dragon can get to wherever you need it to. But the Charybdis has a rule already on its War Scroll called Abyssal Howl. So all enemy units within 12 of him anyway are minus one bravery. This makes it minus three because it's two separate sources. Interesting. So there's actually... there's Each of these is better for one of these particular... Like, they each fit. Like, the war, the acidic blood is best on the war hydra, the jutting bones on the dragons, and then the felgaze for the charybdis. Nice. Okay. So it's well well written. Like that. Like that. All right. I'm going to hand the rest over to you uh, until we get to the battalion, and then I can read something again. What what else is good with this anvil guard? This, I mean, I, I was reading through these, and I this sounds, anvil guard sounds kind of awesome to me. I could be it totally. Is. Okay. Okay. Even I noticed it, so it must be good. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so the big thing for the command traits, because um, honestly, I don't know if I would take the other two compared to this first one, which is the Black Fang Crime Lord. So you get to benefit two illicit dealings instead of one. Now, can you take the same one twice then? No. Oh, pick uh, two different bets. Okay, so you get the additional. Oh, so you get everything. You get no, extra- you get. Either the bounty and dabblings or the bounty and agents. You pick two of the three and you get those. 
Oh, hidden. Oh, you know what? Okay, hidden agents is the third. Okay, no, no, no. Okay, my mistake. My mistake. I just the, I misread it and thought hidden agents was its own thing. I didn't realize that was one of the illicit dealings. Oh, okay, so that's still good. That's still really good. Well, yeah, because now this unlocks an extra artifact from the Anvil Guard list, which you're going to take uh, when we get to that in here in a second. Um, so you do that. You now have two artifacts. If you take the Battalion, you now have three artifacts. And, and then take- Hidden Agents gives you extra command points just for free. And mm-hmm. there's no reason to take plus one to hit or wound if the general targets a monster. And then they know all spells from Dark Sorcery. Like, if they're a wizard or they get one of the Dark Sorcery spells. Like, the Dark Sorcery spells are good. But I don't know if I'd pass But no, those up. illicit dealings, that's really good. Yeah. So nice. General's going to be a criminal, and I suggest you deal with it. <laughs> um, for the artifacts, there is one in here that is really massive. So that's the Drake Skill Cloak. So every time the bearer takes a wound or mortal wound, you roll a die, and on a five up, it's negated. Just auto. So it's a five up ward save. Okay. Against everything. Against yeah. everything. Yeah. So the other two are okay. Like an unmodified wound roll for. That being six is they do D3 mortal wounds. I don't know if I would take that maybe on an assassin, but I don't know. Um, then the asphyxia sensor. Eh, it's not consistent enough for me. Yeah. So um, then we already talked about the Drake blood curses. Now, all of the spells in Anvil Guard are bananas. Um. Do you want to walk over these really quick? Yeah, I mean, I suppose we should. Okay, uh, sap strength. Cast on a six. Pick an enemy with an 18. Subtract one from hit rolls for attacks made by that unit to the start of your next hero phase. Oh, that's good. Yes, yeah, so that's shooting and combat. Yes, because it just says for attacks. Yep. Okay, cool. Uh, oh, they oh, look at this. They're not all cheapies either. They're going up. So that was a six. Shadow dagger cast on a seven. Pick an enemy within nine. D- oh, D6 mortal wounds. That's good. On a seven? I can do D6 yeah. mortal wounds. That's good. That'll ki- that that You can kill heroes with that on a good roll. Just tag, mm-hmm. take them out. And then uh, number three, vitriolic spray. That's on an eight. Pick an enemy within six inches until the start of your hero phase. They have a they get no save. Yeah, their save becomes dash, which means they get no save because you can't modify a dash save. You can modify it to a six if you're in cover. Can you? It's your save becomes a six. Oh, okay. Because I thought if you had a dash, that meant you couldn't. But okay, so cover. That's an old rule. Okay. So in cover, I so, believe. I'm pretty sure. All right. I yeah. Wow, okay, those are all good. Yeah, so the issue that you're going to notice with them is that their cast values are high for good reason, um, and their ranges are short. Because the daggers is nine inches, and the spray is six. But man, you come flying up on some big beastie or something like that, and you're going to drop a six-incher, and then Why? be like, what? Uh, so with the amplified sorceries, I can just set up the mirror. Oh yeah, sorry. So you set up the mirror, and then boom, you take away dude's save, and you can take. A, I mean, some, there's so much stuff. I mean, oh, all all those three up save people, all those superheroes, or like, Hearthguard well, berserkers with a two up save. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. You just say, okay, your save is dash, homie. And it doesn't matter what I throw at you at that point, because every wound is a kill. So, yeah. This Um, is good. I mean, this is bananas. It's just... yeah. Everything on here is good. Well, you know what? That almost makes sense because, dude, all that dark elf stuff or what? Are, what do they? What did they call them? Because I know they're dark Darkling elf. covens now. Darkling. I mean, but dark elves were always good when they were dark elves. Darkling covens still good, I guess. You know. Yeah. So the other catch to this, and this is going to play into the lore again. Um, the sorceresses for darkling covens have an ability called blood sacrifice. Uh huh. Where they pick a friendly darkling coven model within three to die, and then you add plus two to the casting rolls for that model until the end of that phase. So if you knife a guy, shadow daggers becomes a five spray becomes a six. Oh, that's really good. And then if you're sitting on an arcane train feature four or five, the mirror will set up on a two or three. I forget the value of the mirror offhand. So oh. it's a two wizard combo, yeah. But it happens pretty consistently, and your opponent, in some cases, can do nothing to stop it. That's that's crazy. That's good. Yeah, it is. Right. Um, I've not thought about this army a lot at all. Um <laughs> So the battalion for these guys, if you want to go over that, because it's weird. Sure. One fleet master, three units of black art corsairs, one to three units of scourge runner chariots, and if you want, you can add a charybdis. It's not mandatory. Plus one to rune rolls for attacks made by units from this battalion that target an enemy monster. So if you go after monsters, plus one. That doesn't sound super awesome, to be honest. It's not. Okay. Um, Unless... Because, like, the Scourge Runner Chariots benefit from this on their shooting attacks. Um, so they can do a lot of damage if they're shooting out against a monster. Uh-huh. Uh, the big thing is that this gives you an artifact. If you take the Fleet Master as your general, all of this becomes battle line. The Chariots, the Corsairs become battle line. And then because you're playing Anvil Guard, the Charybdises are, high, are battle line anyway. So this is all your battle line. The command trait for Black Fang for the Crime Lord, that doesn't matter what model is wearing it. It's just you get these extra pregame stuff. So it can go on a Fleet Master and there's no risk. There's no benefit to having another guy carry it. Yeah. So then you do the battalion on – you take the Fleet Master as your general – that's three artifacts between the battalion, the um, black market bounty, and then showing up. But one of them has to be from Anvil Guard, which is going to be the Deepmire Cloak anyway. Right. And then the Corsairs become battle line, which is amazing. Right. Scourge Runners become battle line. It gives you an extra Drake Blood Curse. So you can then do two Dreadlords on Dragons. Uh, <laughs> and they each get a Drake Blood Curse, or they and they each get an artifact in addition to other stuff. This is so dark, Elfie. They're just always getting lots of little added bonuses and just extra crap 
all sorts yeah. of extra. Yeah. No, this is. Yeah, this is a good. This is, uh, you know, it must be good. Even I figured it out. Yeah, I've not thought about this at all. Oh, all right. Like, the only thing that's keeping me from doing this is 60 Corsairs. Why? Why would that slow you down? I don't know why. Tell me, Dave. Why would 60 Corsairs slow me down? Uh, Because you got no... You got no commitment. You got no heart. You just, dude, you got to do it. You just got to be like, I'm doing it. Like when I painted 240 freaking zombies, you just got to do it. Uh huh. So sell it, tell that to my backlog of unpainted miniatures first, and then we'll talk. Okay, backlog, schmacklog. I want to see 60 Corsairs. And you can't go anywhere. Do it. Somebody send this boy sixty corsairs, and then we'll make it the, the like the it'll be the six ah the sixty corsair challenge. So much easier than the thousand zombie challenge, which by the way I never accepted because that's stupid. Yeah, and you couldn't play with them now anyway. There's no army. That, I mean, but I could have. I mean, ugh, no, that would have been like a that would have been like a four thousand point army. But I could have done it, but I didn't want to because it's stupid. Yep, uh, sixty corsairs. Oh, it's so happening. This is so happening. This is going to happen. Folks, listen. Alex wants to do this. We have to convince him. I'm flipping through the book right now looking for the Corsairs just to see who the heck I'm actually talking about. Oh, those guys. They're, oh, they're a pain to paint, too. Really, Dave? <laughs> oh, I my. didn't know. <laughs> Come on. It's 60. It's not like it's 100. It's not even like it's 70. Oh, God. It's not even like it's 70. Okay, 70 might be a bit much, but 60, you can do this. You got, oh my God, you've so got this. Oh my goodness. All you need, uh, how many do you own? Be honest. I own 10 that are allied to my. Oh. Are they kit. painted? Yes. Okay, so it's 50. No, no, it would have to be different. Why? Because. So you need to start. They're not based the same. Oh, oh, I forgot about this. Okay, see, this is what happens when you don't paint a model in two months. Um, okay, so you still. So we're back to sixty. So what's ten more? If fifty was okay, but sixty's too much. Come on, you got this. You got this. We'll see. Because uh, oh. I also want to do Sons of Bahamut. Oh, who um, doesn't? Yeah, I know. It's definitely going to be the bandwagon army. Oh and my it's a- god. Big one. Uh, seriously, though, even I was looking at that going, you know what? I don't even want to start a new army, and I want to start that army. Yeah. No, it's legit. Oh, uh, I mean, there can't be a big model count army either. Like, that just was what seems fun. Like, I could whip out an army in, like, 12 monsters is what I'm guessing. I mean, I could be wrong. I don't know anything about it, and you obviously, you your lips are sealed, which is a good thing. I'm not complaining. But... God, I mean, that's all I'm seeing. Like, seriously, all the Realm Lord talk just went by. I, in fact, I've seen more people saying, man, I was all jacked up for the Realm Lords, but I could, I could buy a bunch of big monsters and be done. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. But that's a whole other topic for a whole other time. Um, what's next? Let's turn the page here because that's how that works. Hello, Heart. All right. So we're doing – how many we got left? Two. 
Hello Heart. Okay, so let's do Hello Heart, and then uh, and then we'll take a break. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, we'll do the Tempest's Eye, and then we'll go. Or no, you know what? Let's try to do both of these guys because I know you got some other things you want to talk about. So great, googly moogly. Uh, Hello Heart. <laughs> Uh, okay, what are the battle traits of the Hello Heart? It's got to be from Akshi. Uh, every time a friendly Hello Heart unit is affected by a spell or endless spell, you can roll a dice. On a five up, ignore it. The, I mean, ignore the effects. Okay, so it's can. So it's not like one of these things where you can't even do good spells. Okay. Correct. Uh, what else? Uh, wizards can attempt to cast one extra spell in their hero phase. Oh, this is just the magic of the magic. Oh, that's right, because this is... Okay. Uh, command ability, arcane channeling. Start of the hero phase, pick a friendly Hello Heart wizard hero and roll a die. That wizard suffers a number of mortal wounds equal to that roll. In addition, until the start of your next hero phase, add that roll to casting rolls made by other Hello Heart wizards while they're within 12 inches of that wizard. So wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This guy sucks up all the magic, which is starting to kill him. And however much death he is sucking in, it boosts the rest of their spells by that much. Now, yes. But if it now, here's the thing. Now, and I'm, I'm assuming you could put wizards on things to keep them over six wounds. But if I had a five wound, wound wizard and rolled a six. Or a five, he did. He did. And they've got to be within 12 inches of him. So if he dies doing this, no benefit. Am I correct? Am I reading this correctly? Hello? I'm thinking. Oh, I thought I smelled smoke. Yeah. Um, so it's just they take that number of mortal wounds. And then in addition until... Like, the- yeah, because they're not within 12 inches of him anymore. So if he dies, he dies. Yes. Uh, okay. So the big ones you're looking at are like Arcanums on Toralons or... Uh, yeah, but see those... Them? Yeah, it's 11 wounds. Illuminarch's 11 wounds. Seven wound. Uh, Griff Charger. Arcanum. Okay. So... They had to errata this or FAQ it to say unsaved mortal wounds. Otherwise, you could just do Ignax's scales, which ignores mortal wounds on a four up, and then you would still get the benefit. Oh, so you actually have to take the wounds. If you save them, any ones you save don't count. Correct. So if I roll a four, but I only wind up taking two, so you can you can just opt not to save, right? No, it just says whenever you suffer a mortal wound, roll a die. Wait, what am I reading? Wait, what are we talking about? Ignax's scales. It's an artifact. Oh, no, 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 no. But what I'm saying is they suffer a number of mortal wounds equal to the roll, So, but they have to take the wounds. If if I roll a four... And, and I, you save two of them, then you they, only add plus two. You only add plus two. I can opt not to make those save rolls if I want to take all four, right? That's wrong. Because the verbate, I believe the verbatim on Ignax's scales says, roll a die whenever you take a mortal wound on a four if it's negated. Oh, okay. There's no choice. Okay, yeah, okay. I didn't realize, okay. But if you have any other thing, oh, if, if, but a lot of times it'll say that. It doesn't say you can. It says roll a, roll a die. Okay, okay. Read the rules, Dave. Pay attention. Here we go. All right. What else we got? What's good in the Hallow Heart? Because it seems like lots of magic, but what else we got? So just talking about the battle traits, um, Eldritch Attunement, uh, that's a lot of spell protection, especially against some of the 
big control endless spells like the warp lightning voltex uh the dark fire demon rift soul snare shackles um you're going to be taking endless spells in this list realistically so when it comes time to activate those endless spells at the start of the turn before anybody goes um if you throw one at your opponent and they throw it back at you you get a little extra insurance to protect your units against your own endless spells. Oh, okay, yeah. So, um, as far as command traits, uh, the they're all good. It just kind of depends on your build. I personally would look at Warden of the Flame. So, at the start of your com- at the start of your hero phase, you roll a die on an extra on a four up. You get an extra command point. So, if your general's small enough, six wounds or less, you stack this with the advisor or the adjutant. Um, uh-huh. So then you get two shots at a four up for more command points, which is pretty cool. Um, and command points are important for this army. Cause I, I think one of the best casters available to this list is a Lord Arcanum on foot. Okay. Cause if you're going to be doing a lot of endless spells that are predatory, he gets to spend a command point to then move them an extra distance whenever they move. So this way they get further away from you. And further away from? The caster. But then they get closer to your opponent. And further away from the... Adjutant. See, that's what I was going for. I I put my phone down for a minute. Yeah. Um, (laughs) The other one that I would look at is Fame Spell Hunter. So if the general's a wizard, you get to add three to the roll when they attempt to dispel an endless spell. Um, So if they sacrifice one of their spell attempts to try to break an endless spell, they get plus three to do it, which means chances are they're going to break it. And then if it's one of yours, you get to cast it again. Oh, jeez. Okay. From the same guy, because they get one extra spell attempt each. Nice. Uh, so as far as artifacts, the prism is probably one of the better ones for a big guy, um, or gal. So you subtract one to be shot at. Okay, great. Um, the white fire tome, if your general, if the character is a wizard, they know all spells from the lore of white fire instead of two of them. Um, the only case for this one I would consider taking is a Lord Arcanum on Toralon because he would get three cast attempts as opposed to everyone else who would just get two. Okay. Now, there's a lot of spells here, though. Most of them have only got three. This has got a full complement of six spells. Yeah, and in Hallowheart, every one of your wizards can take two spells off this list. They can all take two. Oh, yeah. Wait. Yeah, take two for the... Fu- okay. Yeah, it says it right there. So, realistically, you're going to have all of them if you take three wizards. Which, if you're playing Hallowheart, you're probably going a little wizard heavy, are you not? Just a touch. Yeah, yeah. All right, um, so what sticks also, out here? Oh, go ahead. This also includes Sisters of the Thorn. Because Sisters of the Thorn are a wizard natively. Like uh, horrors or uh, oh. Doomfire warlocks, 
So they know all of their they know their spell shield bolt the two from here and then any lore spells plus any endless spells. So that's essentially a ten wound wizard unit running around causing chaos, and they get spells from this too. Nice. So, um, but you're going to have all of them. There are some that are better than others. Like you get to add one to ignore spells or endless spells. Um, if you're within holy within 12 inches of the caster, that's cool. Um, heal D six wounds to a friendly unit within 18 of the gen- of the character. Add one to wound rolls for attacks made by that unit until your next hero phase. That's all attacks, shooting, and combat. Um, yeah, it's pretty gnarly. Yeah, well, it sounds good. I mean, it works. I mean, sounds... I don't know. If you like magic, this is the one. Yeah. It's one of those that, with how this plays, you set up the Soul Scream bridge, and you put Ignite Weapons, Warding Brand, and Mystic Shield on... And then any other protection spells on whatever your big unit of elite infantry is, and then send it over the bridge into your opponent's face. Okay, nice. So it plays very one-dimensional on like a most basic level. Um, I think there is an endless spell build in here for like taking like ten or so endless spells. <laughs> Excuse me. No, okay. The battalion, so that's the white fire retinue. I was looking at this. Three to six wizards, and you get plus one to cast and unbind while they're within six inches of another friendly wizard from this battalion. So uh, they get two spells. They're getting plus one already, just if they stay near each other, to cast. Now, it's cast and uh, unbind, not dispel. Yeah, it's not endless spells. Okay. But still, casting. Okay. And then you combine this with Collegiate Arcanum Wizards, um, along with the Hurricanum and the Luminarch, which have their own bubbles of adding plus one to cast and plus one to unbind. Uh huh. So they all lap on top of each other, so then they're plus two to cast, plus two to unbind, in addition to anything else. <laughs> Okay, this this totally makes sense and plays to the lore. I'm just picturing this army of wizards stepping forward, like even even big crazy casters with their plus threes. Like, gosh, that's like this this negates so much of that. These guys are well. I mean, that's what they are. They're the baddest of the wizards in the that that are out there, I guess. But this gets crazy. Like, I mean, if you like to play with wizards. Yeah. I play a lot of Dwarden, and I used to play a lot of Stormcast, and so I didn't have a lot of Wizards. But who cares what I play? If you like the Wizards, go for it. Yeah, this lets you go crazy with the Cheese Whiz. With oh, yeah. Magic. All right, last one. Last. Oh, my God, we got through all the cities. The Tempest's Eye. Okay. Uh, battle Traits, Battle Traits, Battle Traits. They have to be from Akshi. Oh. Okay, I, I, I get these ones. They just every time it's always during the first battle round only. It always just kind of irritates me. I, I realize you can't do it the whole game, 
But, uh, okay, plus three to move for friendly Tempest Eye units till the end of the first battle round, and plus one to all save rolls for attacks that targets them in the first battle round. So that's all kinds of attacks. So they, they get to move a little quicker, and they're a little harder to kill in the first battle round. It reminds you of orcs. I don't know why. I don't know either. Don't orcs get extra movement right in the beginning of the game and stuff? That could be old orcs. That's, I haven't played against them in a while. I haven't played in a while, so whatever. Uh, plus one to run for friendly Tempest Eye units, so they're running quicker. They got a plus three on the move anyway uh, in the first round, and then if you run them, then that's plus four, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, you can include Caradron Overlords. One in every four units can be a Caradron Overlord. They gain Cities of Sigmar keyword and Tempest Eye. So once again, you can bring in the, the now. This is like we said before. This does. They're not allies. They can just Correct. literally come in, and one out of every four units can be an Overlord unit, and they get all the benefits. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. That's cool. Uh, and then the rapid deployment is their command ability. Use it in the shooting phase. Pick a friendly unit wholly within 12 inches of a hero. They can shoot even if they ran. That is good. Yeah. And I'm, I'm assuming there's some sort of combo that makes it just dumb. Not as much. Okay. Um, the infantry with shooters, so like Iron Drakes, um, if you stack this correctly, they are base movement for... Add three the first turn, so that puts them up to seven. If you spend a command point to auto run them six, goes to thirteen. They get plus one for the move for the run roll, so that puts them to fourteen inches, and they have a sixteen inch gun. Nice. So you can run a decent unit of shooters up, and oh yeah, they have a sixteen inch gun. Um, and just blaze away immediately um, and just start shooting. Like, you you don't get the blaze away special rule, but you just start dishing out shots after shots after shots. Um, there are some units that get to run and charge anyway, or run and shoot anyway, like Pistoliers. Uh, I believe they get to run and shoot. So, and then I think Outriders are also the same boat. They get to run and shoot. Okay. Uh, no. Okay, they don't get to run oh. and shoot. Um, the free, the Outriders do. They get to run and or retreat and still shoot. So, okay. Yeah, they can run and shoot the Pistoliers. After they charge, they shoot. Because they shoot on the way in. Okay. So, okay. What else? That's pretty much it. Um, if you want to do a Monster Mash Alpha Strike, you can definitely play it with this because all your monsters go so much faster. And monsters don't usually get the benefit of cover because it's like a rule. But the Tempest Eye bonus is not cover. It's just your save goes up by one. Oh, okay. So if you want to run a Monster Mash Alpha Strike, you could do it with Tempest Eye. Sweet. All right. So then command traits, they're all pretty good, but they're all very different depending on your general and how you want to play. So the Aetherguard captain 
add one to charge rolls for friendly Tempestite units while they're holy within 12 of him if you're playing an alpha. Like, four big monsters. They right. all get plus one to their charge rolls, which is huge. Um, same thing if you're playing an alpha. Swift is the wind. You get to run and charge. So your movement plus running plus one plus the charge. So you're going to get where you want to go. In, in addition, you fight at the start of the combat phase. So it's what Gristlegore used to have. But it's not nearly as heinous, I don't think, because <laughs> the monsters are not terror geists or zombie dragons. So, I mean, it's cool. Uh, the other one, and this one is if you want to play a shooting heavy list, uh, Hawkeye, so you add one to wound rolls for attacks made with missile weapons by friendly Tempesai units holy within 12 of the general. So that's really good if you want to take a gunline heavy crew. Um, whether that's Iron Drakes, Handgunners, Caradron Overlords. Um, like, there's a lot of different things that you could combo this with. Is it like an elite shooting unit? Mm-hmm. So, there's cool ones there. The uh, artifacts of power are pretty interesting. The Seerstone Amulet, again, just on a 4-up, you get an extra command point in your hero phase. Sure. I'll take it. That's not bad at all. Um, we're also looking at the Zephyrite banner. So you get to reroll charge rolls for Tempestai units wholly within 12 of the bearer. So if you put that on the Aether Guard captain, um, plus one to the charge roll, reroll charge if it's low, so you can get wherever you're going, which is pretty awesome. The spells, there are two in here that I think are really important to take note of. The first of which is Aura of Glory. Taking note. Yeah. So this one is a cast value 7. If it goes off until your next hero phase, you add 1 to the attacks characteristic of melee weapons used by friendly units wholly within 12 of the caster. It's friendly Tempesai. So if you're running the Monster Strike Alpha, you're looking at like a big character on a flying creature... So that's like a sorceress on a black dragon, or battle mage on a griffin, sisters of the thorn, something. Um, so you get the plus one attack on all the profiles of the monsters around it. So that's the the riders attacks, the mounts attacks. They all get plus one, so it's an average of like plus three attacks per model in range if it's a group of monsters. Okay. Uh, now it's castle 7 for a good reason but if it's a sorceress as we talked about with anvil guard you just knife somebody and then it goes down to a 5 which is works. pretty awesome and then the other one is celestial visions uh, this one castle 7 and if it goes off you get an extra command point oh well, there you go yeah so again if it's a sorceress you just knife a darkling coven guy goes off on a 5 you get an extra command point Like it. Like it a lot. Yeah. I do too. Right. Uh, and then their battalion. Yeah. I was looking at this. Hold on. Where is that battalion? I turned the page again. Uh, okay. They take a free guild general on the Griffin, three to six units of outriders or pistoliers, and if they want a gun hauler, they can take up to two gun haulers. And then units from this battalion can retreat and still shoot 
and or charge later. So they can, wait, they can retreat and then shoot and charge. Yes. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. I mean, yeah, I think especially if you're a pistolier. Yeah. Uh, the other thing to consider is that there's no minimum distance for this ability that you have to be from like the general. So they can operate very independently. Oh yeah. A lot of these, you got to be near the other guys. You don't have to be near the guys. Yeah. It's just how they're trained. So like with the pistoliers, you can retreat, shoot the pistols, charge in, shoot the pistols. Um, so like there's, you can just, just do waves in and out, in and out, in and out, and it lets you not get bogged down in combat. Wait, you, can, wait, you retreat, you shoot the pistols, because... You can retreat and shoot, and then you charge, and when you make a charge move with pistoliers, you shoot the pistols. Oh, that's their special rule, right? Yeah. Oh, okay, when they... Oh! Because I was like, wait, how do you get to do the second shooting? But that's because that's their special rule. I forgot about that. Oh, that's really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's two attacks, then there's fours by threes, but still. That, that turns into four attacks, fours by threes, with rend. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> oh, see, I like, the, I like the... I like the black powder armies. Yeah. So, the other reason why the uh, gun haulers are important in here, because gun haulers aren't really a joke anymore... Um, one, they're pretty good. Two, sky riggers can hitch to them. Oh. So that's engine riggers and sky wardens can hitch to these things. So you can use these guys to move up to get the riggers into a safe spot. And that's, again, deploying a massive chunk of your army in one go. Nice. Or if you want to do the bubble men on the ground, they get the plus three movement because they are Tempesai units because of the standing contracts rule. So then they get plus three movement, they're plus one save, so they go up to a three up save in the first round in the first battle round, in addition to that crazy movement. Sweet. Yeah. So there is a benefit for taking KO, and then the gun haulers make a difference in this particular battalion. Nice. I like this. I like this. Because, I, like I said, I like black powder stuff, so that's that. Um, that's all. That's all the cities. So we're going to take a break. You're going to come back and tell us about the things you like the best. Uh, we're going to rank these seven cities, or you're going to rank these seven cities, because I don't know. And uh, after that, then we're going to wrap up the show. So we'll be right back.
Are you finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? Six Squared Studios. Maybe you need a new rack for your paint? Six Squared Studios. Well, then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. That's right, Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them. And we are back with some like the basic overviews, general principles surrounding the cities of Sigmar and how they play, regardless of the city you're in. So much stuff. Yes, there is a lot of stuff. All right. So, Alex, someone's interested in playing cities of Sigmar. Maybe they're already playing cities of Sigmar. They just don't realize all the little ins and outs and, and ways to milk the army for all it's worth to get at the teats and milk them for all they're worth of this army. What do they do? Okay. So the first thing is when you look at almost all of the war skulls, especially for the infantry units, they get some sort of bonus to hit or to wound based on the number of models in the unit or the proximity to a hero with the same keyword. So, if you look at the profile themselves for their attacks, it may not seem super accurate or super consistent, but read the special rules because a lot of them will get bonuses. The free guild get bonuses to hit. Uh, same with the Darkling Covens. Like, there's so much in here that gets a bonus based on numbers. So this book tends to encourage large units um, just in general for purposes. So... Because, um, like, even the crossbowmen for free guild, they get to shoot twice if they have a big enough unit and other conditions are met. So that can put down a serious amount of hurt. Yes, so it can. Okay. This one is just check the war scrolls and see if they get a bonus for a number of models in the unit. Um, there is a lot of mortal wound output in this book. Um, and it's kind of scattered everywhere. So depending on what particular subset you play with, whether that's like free guild or dispossessed, they probably have a unit that in close combat does mortal wounds. So like great swords, executioners, hammers, sisters of the watch on shooting. Uh, so just to watch out for those things and keep in mind, there's nothing preventing you from taking an army that does all mortal wounds or has the ability to do all mortal wounds. Just depending on your general. Okay. So, because like if you take a free guild general, great swords become battle line. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, that's that's the other thing. I was trying to explain this to Harrison, and I'm like, there's just you have like what ten or twelve battle regular battle line units, and then yeah, with like twenty something that other units that can become battle line depending on how you want to play it. And it's just like, wait, what? It's like, yeah, 
stupid. I mean, it's so cool because however you want to play it, hey, that's your game. Just got to pick the right general, and then whatever you like is suddenly battle line. Yeah, it's the general and the right city. So you can play full monster mash, like all monsters, if you play Anvil Guard, and your general, all your characters are on monsters, because then Charybdises and Hydras become battle line. So you just take all monsters, you can do that already. If you take a Steam Tank Commander as your general, Steam Tanks are battle line. Yeah. So there's just a ton of different ways you can fudge it to make the army that you want to play, regardless of the city that you play. Um, Anvil Guard has a really nasty bravery debuff game if they want to play it. You can get it down to negative nine if all conditions are met. That's... Wait, what? Yeah. So, uh, you take the Charybdis, which has the the Abyssal Howl. So you subtract one for bravery for enemy units while they're within 12 of the Charybdis. So that's minus one. You do the Fell Gaze on said Charybdis, which we talked about was minus three effectively. Okay. Because of the additional two. The... Amplified version of the horror ghast. That's Nagash's uh, floating disembodied head. That particular endless spell. Okay. And I'll read that one verbatim. Because this is one that you don't see very often. For obvious reasons. Um, So this one is. You subtract one. From the bravery of units while they're within 12 inches of the horror ghast, if they're within six of the horror ghast, it's minus two. All right. So you're now, Oh, it's minus two. So it's minus eight is your best possible. Um, I thought it was minus three. So, and then you add in the battle mage from the collegiate arcanum with the pall of doom spell sets, pick a unit and they're minus two bravery. So you're at minus seven right now if you get all these conditions. And then Dark Riders also have the subtract one from bravery characteristic while enemy units are within 12 of them. So you can get an enemy unit down to negative eight bravery. So if you kill one guy, they're already at negative nine for that battle shock test. Now, it requires a lot of things to go off, right? But you can... Nuke a unit very quickly between this massive debuff and then if you have vitriolic spray on that unit. Here's my question. Yeah. You can't go below zero, right? You're not going below zero. Like. Let's say I have a bravery of six. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna, and I gotta take a battle shock test. I lost two guys, okay. And I got a bravery six. You just hit me with a negative nine debuff. So am I literally at negative three to start? Or I mean, I can't go below zero, right? This is why we check the rules. That's well. That's why I'm asking you because you know the rules, and I just know how to read the lore. That's Whatever. basically all I do anymore. So that's what I'm asking you. Because the listeners I'm are asking, looking. too. I get you there's a pitch there is. Oh, you're looking it up? You don't even know. Did I hit you with a question you weren't prepared for? Holy mackerel. 
Yeah, whatever. I'm not insulting you. You just, I just, I, I just, <laughs> I hold you up as this, 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 like in my head. It's like Alex knows all the rules. Just call him and ask him. He's got a whole file up there in his brain. It's just Encyclopedia Warhammerica. But he's checking the rules, folks. Now, while he checks the rules, I will lay down some knowledge here. I just want you all to know that this book has something for everyone. And it's got a lot of nice pictures in it and a lot of cool ideas to start up your army. Now, I'm not saying that you have to start this army, but I don't even play that much. And I'm like, oh, you know what? I got some of Christopher's old Dark Elves, and I got a bunch of Warhammer Dwarves, and I bet you somewhere around here I got Harrison's Phoenix Guard. Like, I could cobble together some sort of crap from this. He's even got a Phoenix laying around here somewhere. Um... I would have to check the FAQ with regards to the bravery. Because it doesn't say in the basic rules that characteristics cannot be reduced to lower than zero. Okay. Okay. Well, So it's possible. It is literally... Okay, I mean... Yeah, but if you think about a lot of the enemy units that you're fighting out there right now, Bone Reapers are bravery 10. It's like the dead stuff, demons, Seraphon. Oh, wait, here we go. Modifiers. Oh, there we go. That's to a roll. Or move characteristic modifiers can never reduce a dice roll to less than zero. Hmm. But this isn't a dice roll. This is a bravery characteristic. So if you can come up on one of the... You know... Because I'm just thinking about where you have like those like hordes of gobos and you lose like 15 in a go. Yeah. And then you got like bravery five, and you just did a minus nine. So you got bravery negative. So they're already losing four more plus their die roll. I mean, isn't that how that works? Plus if their they- die roll plus the number of models that they lost. Right. Oh, because there is no negating. So I lost 15, but I got a negative four bravery. So it's 15. Plus four plus D6. <laughs> oh, that's so dumb. Potentially. I'd Pot- have to double I mean, check. You gotta, yeah. I mean, I could be wrong. But even if it is just to zero, even if it's just to zero, yeah, I lost 15 still, models. I rolled a six. So you lose essentially 36 models in that scenario. Yeah, because there's no bravery to counteract any of it. Oh, boy, oh, boy. That's Yeah, but even just getting like some of these hard-to-shift bravery armies down to something considerably more manageable... Yeah, let's talk about just a normal scenario. I'm playing with my Night Hunt, which is mostly like 10s on the on the bravery on the, a lot of this stuff. It's all right? 10. Yeah. So I'm a 10, and I got a horde of uh, 30 or 40 of these guys. Let's say I still got 30 left. Um, You're effectively bravery 13 for said battle shock test. Right. You take me down by 9, suddenly it's I'm at four. a 4. If I lost 10 to get me in my unit of 40 to get me down. What's the biggest unit in those anyway? The 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 little the chain rasps, they can take forty. In they can take forty. So I lose ten. I'm still at thirty. I'm thirteen minus nine is four. So suddenly I'm all automatically losing six plus whatever I roll. That's a big honking difference because thirteen. If I roll low, I don't lose anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. That's, yeah. Okay. And I mean, you can still do that with. Anything outside of Anvil Guard, you just don't get access to the Felgay, so you could do 
minus six if you get all the stacks right. Never mind anything else. Um, the armies themselves are deceptively mobile. Because um, you look at the basic stats and their movement is usually like four to six, depending for the killer elite infantry. Right. But then you use the Soul Scream Bridge or Laoshan the uh, Ferryman to Laoshan the Soul Seeker to move your units around. And because they get the empowered rules, they move much further than what they used to. So those two spells can really make a massive difference in how your army plays. So those are something to keep in mind that if they say that they have the soul screen bridge, chances are they're going to be trying to alpha strike and you have to start screening against that. Okay. And you're going to have to scream pretty much the entire part of your army because they can just hit wherever they want for the most part. So just something to consider. Um, and then this army has a lot of shooting. Um, and we're not going to go into each individual one, but like handgunners, iron drakes, crossbowmen, sisters of the watch, all of the stormcast shooty units, the KO shooty units for Tempesai. Uh, there's a lot of guns in yes. this list. So it plays very different than a lot of the other armies that are just like, yeah, well, shooting's dumb. Well, we only have like one guy that shoots. It's like, well, that's great. I have a lot of guys that shoot and shoot very accurately. There's a lot of bonuses to hit or wound with shooting weapons, as we've talked about all of these right. particular cities. So you can do essentially like a control gun line uh, with endless spells plus nothing but guns and screening units. So essentially you just <laughs> use the endless spells as walls and moving terrain features, and you use cheap units of either flagellants or swordsmen or whatever your particular flavor to then screen off as you shoot over the top of them and just pick your opponent apart that way. So you can do alpha strike, you can do control, you can do magic, you can play full defense if you go Greywater fastness. Like there's a build in here for everybody. It just really boils down to the models that you like. You can make something out of it. Um and then I kind of broke down the variable factions that are made up into the cities of Sigmar. So the free guild is tons of bodies and bonuses for having tons of bodies. All of their units, with the exception of the Demigriff Knights and the Pistoliers Outriders, they get some sort of bonus for having more models. Right. Uh, in the units. Great swords are the standout unit, uh, just in general, because they do mortal wounds. They also have an innate four up save and they get plus one to hit if they're within range of a free guild hero. So they put down a lot of work. Um, the dispossessed, they are slow because they're Dwarden, uh, but they are really hard to shift. They all have a base four up save, uh, potentially to a three up. There's a lot of rend in that with the exception of the iron breakers. Um, now I know, some people were not particularly happy with the Ironbreaker War Scroll changes. 
compared to like a long beard because it's essentially the same thing but it's just a matter of trying to figure out what's going to work and I'm trying to remember exactly what the difference is between the old uh, war scroll for the iron breakers and what it is now so I don't remember oh, okay it's been a long time since I looked at that old war scroll um yeah there's there's no difference unfortunately all right yeah so iron breakers kind of got the shaft on this one but yeah well what are you gonna do yeah any event um iron world arsenal easy enough to slot in because most of their stuff is good it's cheap for the most part and long-range shooting is very welcome regardless right or even just steam tanks to run up and run interference so always good things to have uh darkling covens they're fast yeah like they're, they're elves so their base movement six to begin with um the sorceresses each have a command ability to make a unit run and charge so if you're playing like tempest eye your movement six plus three for the movement bonus turn one plus one for the run and then whatever your run roll is and then your charge roll and this is just for the cost of one cp instead of taking the soul screen bridge or whatever so you have a lot of flexibility there um the casters are really good they're a touch on the expensive side but most of them having a four up save um is very different from them because they used to be predominantly like a five up save army but now they're up to fours so that is always nice to get an extra pip of save oh yeah um let's see uh scourge privateers cheap fast and a lot of attacks it's really what they boil down to um if the vitriolic spray for anvil guard goes off 40 Corsairs with the Fleet Master Command ability, so that's plus one attack on all of their melee weapons. They have two different profiles if they take a, essentially a shank and a cutlass. So it's plus two attacks per model with no save because you got hit with the spray. So, Jeez. Those are awesome just through sheer weight of dice. But the Scourge Runner chariots are probably one of these standout units in the particular army book um just because of how they operate now they're a 12 inch move with a with an 18 inch gun that's two shots each threes by threes run one damage d3 that hit on threes so they're really accurate and if you take um a high beast master so it's like the unit champion they get plus one to hit with their missile weapons. Okay. That's, so. Yep. And you can take units of three for 150 points. Is that how cheap they are? Yeah, they're 60 points a chariot or 150 for three. Oh, yeah, because that's what you need to do. You need to give them a... You give them a, a cheap... Uh, give them a, a, a bulk bonus. Yeah. Admittedly, they are squishy if you catch them. But you have to catch them. So those are 
big one, and they slot in so well into pretty much any list because you're not going to turn down a mobile shooting platform. Um, Order Serpentis, they're fairly expensive, but moderately fast tanks. They hit pretty hard on the charge, but they suffer probably the most of any of the cavalry in this book where if they get bogged down, they're going to get dragged down quick. Even with a 3-up save, they just don't have enough other damage output, and they're not as fast as some of the other cavalry, like Wild Riders or even the Pistoliers, because they just don't have the flex that the other units do. Okay. Um, The dragon is great, though. Um, You just can't go wrong with a dragon, just in general. Right. Um, Shadow Blades, uh, the Shadow Warriors are the standouts, just with the ability to set up in Ambush. And then their bows all have rend now. So you set up, you have good shooting that comes out of them. If they're in cover, they get plus them to hit and plus them to wound with the bows. So they're very accurate with rend, if a little close. So, And again, they just slot into anything that you need them to because they don't fit horribly into any city, really. Because the unit itself is that good of a profile. Uh, Phoenix Temple, if you've played Christian Effenware, um, or anybody else that's played Phoenix Temple, you know how awful this is, um, (laughs) because they just don't die. The Phoenixes themselves have gotten toned down quite a bit, because their attuned to magic roll only gets to a maximum of plus one to save, as opposed to no... Like, no minimum for how much their save can go to. So, it was just constant bonuses. Uh, So, now it's just plus one, so it makes them a little more fair. Um, But they're still not bad. Um, Let's see. Uh, Wanderers, they're good for objectives, but they're still very squishy. Um, Sisters of the Thorn really slot into a lot of lists, especially if you don't take a lot of hero wizards. Because they're wizards, they're fast, they're mobile, so you can keep up with the relocation orb with a unit of wizards, which counts as 20 models for purposes of the orb. Okay. So, they're good. Um, If you want to play two Wanderers list, you can totally do it. Eternal Guard are great for camping on objectives, but they are much more expensive than their last incarnation. So. Um, Collegiate Arcane... They fit into everything. Um, if you need a particular spell, battle mages are cheap enough that they can fit in anywhere. The Hurricanums and Luminarchs benefit everything in this book equally, except for like the bonuses to cast into Unbind. That only works on Collegiate Arcane, but the plus one to hit from the Hurricanum affects all order units. The plus one or the six plus negate save. From the Luminarch affects all order units. So. Okay. Uh, they're welcome everywhere. And then the Devoted to Sigmar. <laughs> My boys. The Heartbreaks. Why? There's no priests. There's no warrior priest. There's no archlector. It's just the flagellants. Oh, okay. They have. No inherent support from anything. 
outside of spells and command abilities that could affect them. Um, they are very cheap at 80 points for 10. They're fast. They're movement six humans. And they become battle line if your general is a human. So that includes Stormcast Eternals. Oh. Because they are humans. Because they have that keyword. Nice. So they're an interesting battle line unit, if nothing else, for a cheap screen. But And you can take a unit of 40 of them, and they can crack out a lot of attacks. They get angrier the more damage you do to them, but they're not accurate. They have no rend. Um, I understand why they got cut so much. Because, like, the models just were not keeping up. Right. With the Archlector and the Warrior Priest. But, yeah. Yeah. I'm so, sorry, Alex. No, it's it's fine. I'm probably going to be painting up another, like, 80 of them anyway. Oh, but you can't do 60 of the book. Oh, come on now. Come on now. Come on there, now. There are plans within plans for this book because you can make so many different things out of the same collection of models. Come on. If I said that I was looking at a combination Hammerhall, Anvil Guard, and Tempesai army using the same collection of models, I could do it. Um, it's just a matter of making it work. I'm, I'm not letting this go. Just... You, that's great. Um <laughs> Come on. Anyway. <laughs> so you're going to make me rank these cities? Yeah. Well, I just want your opinion since I don't have one. Might as well somebody should have an opinion on this show. Yeah. Well, you have opinions, just not. They're not. Yeah, these are not exactly the hot takes right here. Yeah. I um, noticed that two of them were good. So there you go. Those are my top two. How do you like them apples? I like Black Powder. I like the Dark Elf one, even though they're not Dark Elves anymore. So there we go. And there's a yeah. lot of cool wizard ones. So go for it. So the hardcore competitive one is probably going to be Hello Heart. Okay. Uh, for reasons as mentioned, the extra spells, um, the bonuses to cast, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that's probably going to be your top. Anvil Guard I would put at two or three with Tempesai. I'm not 100% sure which one would be two or three in that case. Um, Hammerhall, Living City, Greywater Fastness, they all have their builds. Uh, so it just depends on how you make it work. The bottom, unfortunately, is Phoenicium. Uh, the artifacts just aren't as good. The spells just aren't as good. Um, and the command traits or the battle traits just aren't the same caliber as the rest. So unfortunately, that one's the bottom. Oh. All right. Well, there's the rankings, and that's the book, dude. That's it. We're done. For what it's worth, that's just my opinion, folks. They're all playable. Oh no, the Phoenician. Nobody bother. It's done. It's done. No, no. <laughs> I would totally bother with the Phoenicium just because it benefits Flagellants. Because they're like one of, that's like the only city that really fits for them. Because they get amped up by dying. The whole city gets amped up by something dying, and they die to a stiff breeze. So I see. 
I, okay, and I and I totally get that, but let's be honest. Let's be really, really honest here. Don't nobody care about flagellants when you could be playing with the Black Art Corsairs that you only need 60 of. And that I'm just pointing that out. Whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. In fact, I say whatever city they fit best in, that's the best city to play right there. That's what I'm saying. I said it. It's right here. I don't even know what city it is, but I'm calling it because it's Anvil Guard. Right. That's what I meant to say. I totally knew it was Anvil Guard. I was just wanting to see if you would it, you would back me up or if you would be like, I'm not telling you because I'm sick of hearing about these Black Art Corsairs already. I am sick of hearing about these Black Art Corsairs. <laughs> Um, so is everybody, but what the heck? I got nothing else to add. I got nothing. We should wrap this show up. Please. Okay. <laughs> so before we go, we should really thank, um, well, thank you, Alex, for doing all of this work, because Lord knows I didn't <laughs> need to be here. Like, I'm just here hitting the record button at this point. So thank you for all of the work on the Cities of Sigmar. Um Thank you to our uh, Patreon patrons, uh, associate producers, Phil Elliott, Dwight Sims, Christopher Sanders, Lance Pear, executive producers, Colin Miller, and Andrew Frankison. Damn, I say it different every time. I might actually get it right once, though. You never know. New patrons, thank you, Johnny Poiser, for bumping up to the best painted level. And thank every single one of our Patreon patrons for becoming part of the 1% who make this show and everything we do on it possible. And folks... Uh, I know these episodes were back-to-back because I haven't put out the first one yet, and this this one's due out in four days. So I'm a putz, but I'm an honest putz. I got a lot going on. It's it's quarantine and kids and things. And Hey, listen, you all get it. Thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for being patient. I hope this was worth the wait. Um, But if not, hey, maybe next episode will be better. That's how this works. So, folks, until next time. Only the faithful will be triumphant. Only the faithful will stand when all others fall. And only the faithful know no despair except in failure. You've been listening to Garage Hand. If you've enjoyed the show, maybe consider leaving us a positive review on iTunes. Or check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash If you'd like to reach us, you can contact us via our email address, garagehammer at live.com. You can also find us on Twitter. David is at GarageHammer. And Alex, that's me, is at SomeKindOfGeek30. Original music by Claire Seabrook. You can find more of her work at SoundCloud.com slash Claire Seabrook Music. Finally, if you want to join the GarageHammer community, as well as the AOS community worldwide, you can comment on our episodes in the show thread at the Grand Alliance Forums, that's tga.community, or check out the Garage Hammer Facebook page. And as always, thanks for listening.